Welcome to the Bourbon Hunters Podcast. Today we have a double-length episode, and we have Mark Sun joining me and Tyler today to discuss Chattanooga whiskey, single-barrel selection. And then he brings in a special Chinese baiju grain rice alcohol that we're going to try out. So listen in, kick back your feet, have a nice pour, and enjoy. Today's episode is brought to you by Unicorn Nation Apparel, magical apparel for magical people. Check them out on the website at www.unicornnationapparel.com. They specialize in custom shirts with no minimum purchases, perfect for small gatherings, parties, and sports teams. guys so uh welcome to today's episode we have uh tyler schaefer and we have mark sun joining us and uh we are here at the uh, what, what do we call the studio e above endeavor defense and fitness absolutely and uh we are recording a, an episode here uh, first off real quick uh, before introductions how were you guys fourth of july Hey, pretty, pretty good. I got to get to hang out with you. So that's yeah. that. That already to me is that's the, the immediately height like an eighty percent. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm very satisfied. Yeah, I, I got home at like I think, what what time did we leave? Around ten. Was ten thirty? Okay. I, I, I might have stuck around for a little. As a little soon as later. I walk in the door, I get an invite to his house. I'm like, it's fucking ten thirty, and I get an invite. That's when the party starts. That's fair. And then when did it uh, when did it uh, die down? <laughs> Uh, probably one thirty. And what, after my neighbor, after my neighbor came out and yelled at us. So, so what did I you felt like for? a freaking twelve year old boy? Like, <laughs> so, what, so what happened? You guys just loud. sitting out there talking? Yeah, yeah. I mean, fireworks. So we had a. I pulled my sound bar from inside outside, and it sounded like we were freaking blaring yeah. it. Yeah. But I mean, we had we had a little music going, and we were around the fire. What kind and of music were you listening to? I don't know. A little bit of everything. Was it the Snorlax DJ mix? Mm, no no i mean like we had a little bit of everything we had some kid rock going some country um i don't know if we played any m&m or um we, we for sure played some m&m like you don't hang out with michigan well, you're all michiganders yeah. yeah so you got um there's kid probably rock some yeah m m&m. that's that's the staple. no edm probably uh, i'm trying to think what else so what did, so what did your neighbor do what did, how did he come out and uh he was like hey guys can you guys i think he just is like hey guys can you quiet down like my kids are trying to sleep it's warm. and it's what day of the year <laughs> it's fourth of july and you're setting off fireworks i was not setting off so fireworks. you weren't even setting off fireworks yeah that's ridiculous i feel yeah, a little, I think I feel so a little bad if we're approaching the midnight hour but then again it is fourth yeah. of july it's, and it's a saturday it's a saturday that that's the that's it's not the like thing. the next day was a work day yeah it was a saturday that's ridiculous and in my opinion is uh if something like that bothers you get a bigger yard yeah move somewhere where you fence, can't yeah something yeah something get, get better insulation know. something like double paned windows yeah something no that's ridiculous but, you know uh i 
people like that bug me. The other thing that bugs me is the, my dogs are scared. You're setting off fireworks. Like that one, I'm like, it's 4th of July, guys. I mean, yeah, really? Take like, your- my dogs do just, they don't even care. They yeah. just sit there and they're just, they hear it, but then they're just like, whatever. They're not I mean, I have nothing. one that gets a little scared, but it's 4th of July. It is yeah. what it is. One day. Or a week worth of fireworks. I also whatever. didn't even think that the fireworks were that bad this year. No, I don't no. even. I think. Well, also it rained right before you guys. Right before you guys got there, it, it rained, and I don't think people were outside setting anything off. So it was a pretty mild. They pretty were mild in my neighborhood, weekend. and I didn't we, care. I mean, whatever. It it seemed like a shower parked over my house for two hours and just rained. It didn't really? move. It just freaking rained for two hours. That's interesting. Yeah, it was probably it wasn't about 20 supposed, minutes at our house, right? It wasn't supposed to rain at all. Yeah. At all. Well, sometimes that humidity gets so high, and it was in the 90s that day. So oh, at yeah. some point, that just becomes a storm. You know, yeah. nothing, nothing else can happen except for just a, a downpour yeah. for at least a few minutes to at least re- we, reset stuff. We went everywhere and looked for a slip inside. Couldn't find one. So we bought tarp. We bought uh, some Dawn dish soap. We did buy, we found one place with a 48-inch in diameter kiddie pool. And uh, so we had the slip and slide going into the pool. Then we set up. What did up, you do with the kiddie pool afterwards? It's in my garage. Are you going to keep it? Uh, I mean, I would love. I would love to buy it from you. We've been looking for one for our dogs. Sure. I mean, it's not a plastic one, so they might rip what it. What is it? Like a, it's a blow-up one. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're looking for the plastic kind. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then we set up a table at the end of it with some flip cup. So <sighs> we had team, so team slip and slide to the flip cup. Was Courtney there? She loves flip no. cup. She always, that's like no. whenever we have anything here at the gym. Flip cup. Flip cup. Yeah, she loves it. But it's cool. I mean, you slide. Trina, Trina plays with vodka. Oh, nice. <laughs> so she's hammered quickly. Yeah. But that was a good time. Ribs were probably the best ribs I've ever cooked. Damn it. And AJ made ribs and they were good, but he made them in an oven. He didn't, because yeah. of the rain, he wasn't sure about the rain, so he didn't use the grill, but they were good. So, uh, been kind of rude so far. Mark, uh, no, go ahead and introduce yourself, <laughs> that's man. Completely okay. So, so um, yeah, I guess, uh, so I'm, I'm Mark. I've uh, been, uh, I guess, uh, I guess I'll start with the gym. I've been coming here for two years now. So it's been, it's been, a, it's been a good amount of time. Uh, my day job, I, I'm a technologist. I, I'm a, a product manager for a small startup in town, and uh, that's been kind of my, my big interest in the recent years. So uh, my goal is to help out, help build out digital products, um, figure out what the next feature is, kind of plan a roadmap out. Um, and I've been working at my current company for about a year now. Um, before that, I was uh, heavily inside of the manufacturing world, um, basically the kingpin of baby bottles and, and all that good stuff. So pretty <laughs> much could size down, a, size down an entire building, figure out where your equipment goes and all that kind of stuff. But, oh, that's pretty sweet. Um, had a stepped away from that. It was just wasn't doing it for me anymore because I, I got it. I got exposed to this technology field and it seemed much int- much more interesting. So well, that's cool. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what your current project is here in a, yeah. in a few. But uh, before we do that, let's talk about what we're drinking today. We've got Chattanooga whiskey. It's a single barrel. And this is a club selection, and it looks like it's a combination uh, club selection. I belong to Breaking Bourbon, but this is also dra- Dad's Drinking Bourbon, uh, Sealbox, and um, Take t- with a, with an 8, so T-8-K-E. And uh, this is hand-selected for them. It is 118.2 proof, so 59.1% alcohol by volume. Um, they, What I do like about the Chattanooga whiskey is the bottle's outstanding looking. I think that's, first off, it's pretty cool. It's got some raised up stuff that says made in Chattanooga, Tennessee. 
Um, but what I love about it is on the back, they have a ton of information. So like a lot of transparency. And so this is one of their, what do they call it? Barrel 91. And uh, Barrel 91 is uh, basically a type of mash bill that they use now. And uh, so just kind of on their website, it says the barrel in March of 2017, construction of our Riverfront Distillery headquarters neared completion and our team narrowed their search for the recipes that would be made there. After sampling and tasting through over 100 experimental barrels, Barrel 91 was selected overwhelmingly as the barrel. Today, our distillers make this four grain, three malt recipe almost every day and refer to it simply as Barrel 91. So uh, it's supposed to have, I'm not going to tell you the, what it says on here. We'll, we'll taste it and then we'll, I'll come back to this and tell you what they say it should have. Um, but this is a four grain mash bill and um, it's, it includes yellow corn, which has to be over 50% because it is a uh, bourbon, straight bourbon, uh, malted rye, caramel malted barley, and honey malted barley. So it's got three or uh, two different, uh, well, three different malted grains. And uh, a lot of times malt, malted grains help uh, uh, speed up the fermentation process, kickstart it basically. Um, but, but what I love, like I said about this bottle, is it has a ton of information on the back. So the mash bill is sitting there. It doesn't say what the percentages are. It says age is greater than three years. Barrel size, 53 gallons. Um, the cooperage, it says see front of label for barrel details. I'll tell you that in a second. Uh, filtration, it says none. So the bottle can occasionally capture some of the sediment from the, uh, from the barrels. Um, and it even talks about the fermentation. It says uh, a temperated seven days. Um, so the barrel itself, barrel number 051717-5, and the bottling date is 05-26-20. So this is only a month and almost a half old. So Very young for a typical... Bourbon, right? Well, that's bottling. That's oh, the bottling. The bottling. So okay. it's at least uh, greater than three years okay. from from an actual uh, aging process. But it was bottled in the last month and a half. So one thing that it lists is the char number, which is three. And there are some bottles that list that. Some companies, or you can find they may it not at put least. It on the bottle, it, yeah, but yeah, yeah. They'll publish it but some places. I can't think of one that we've had that hasn't been a three. There's a couple that are lighter, and then there's a couple that are heavier. So, like, two and four I see every once in a while, but three I feel like is probably the more standard. Who, who, off the top of your head, do you know who's been a two and a four? I don't. I'll have to look that up, and maybe I'll do that if we get into some conversation. Um, But what's cool about this, too, is they also talk about the toasting profile. So, it's a P37. I don't know what that means, um, but they toast the the barrel as well, which I think is pretty cool. Um, And, you know, as we always talk about single barrel i think are pretty cool because just by definition there's going to be some variance between single barrels Um, this one is specifically selected for uh, a group of people so it might even have a different profile than what they aim for Uh, one thing i've noted we've already poured it into the glass it has a distinct rim and not even seeing legs really but a distinct rim of where it's actually sloshed around in the glass a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just stayed there which i think is kind of cool yeah so, uh, fantastic color. I'm assuming it's going to have some oils, uh, in, you know, in a mouthfeel just by the look on the glass. Uh, but the color, yeah, you're right. It, it is. It's a nice, it's amber color. Yep. It's like a dark, rich amber. Um, so what do you get on the, what do you get on the nose? I like the nose. Ooh. Yeah. This kind of almost reminds me, um, does it list the nose on their website? It talks about, uh, notes, but hold it, on, it doesn't on. say, um, yeah, it doesn't say whether those are, are mouth notes or nose mm. notes. It just gives some notes. So I, I can definitely clove. feel, yeah, there's definitely like a, I, I'm getting a lot of sweetness or yeah. 
I'm definitely picking up on the sweetness. And but that makes sense because we have a, a honey yeah. malt, yeah. a malted uh, honey malted barley. We also have a caramel malted barley, and I, I feel like I'm picking up both of those things: sure. honey and caramel. Which it does list here. It says with notes of honey and caramel. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is there a clove I, in there? Is there clove? It doesn't mention it here. Um, but what I'm what I'm waiting to see when I taste it is if I get a lot of oak with that toast and the char profile. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on how old it really is, it just says greater than three years. But <sighs> it, you're, there's definitely a sweetness. Now I will have some transparency here. I just got back from the beach. My lips are sunburned. <sighs> <laughs> so everything I've been tasting the last few days has like burned the oh, fuck out of my lips. Like it's, it's you almost put like Japsicon? I do. The first day I forgot to put, so I use a Blistex. It's like the pink yeah. container of Blistex and it has a SPF in it. It's like a 50 or a 30 or something like that. And I usually use that when I go to the beach and I forgot the first day. Mm-hmm. And then I use, once I get sunburnt on my lips, I use the blue Blistex, which is, you know, the, the soothing, cooling, I didn't use any of it today because I knew I was going to be tasting. I didn't want to throw off my, uh, uh, my profile. So first off, holy shit, the finish. And yep. maybe it's just that first drink. Cause it's I a had long anything. one. Yeah. It's, it's still with very me. Harsh. I had a drink before I started saying all that stuff about my lips and, uh, it's still with me now. First drink of the day. It's also yeah. middle of the day here. And, yeah. uh, I'm not usually a middle of the day bourbon drinker. No, but I'm, I'm enjoying this middle of the day podcast recording because then I can kind of get more stuff done later on instead of doing it late at night. Um, I mean, there's a lot going on with this. I feel like it is. I feel like it's there's, complex. It's, yeah. Um, it's got a ton of spice right, right in the front. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to take a couple more drinks just to get a little more from it. So what I think you the, get? the front of my mouth is definitely, you can, you can hit, get hit by that initial spice. The finish is, it, yeah. it hits you like a baseball bat. I mean, that is, yeah. and it, it's not, it, actually, <laughs> for my preference, I usually don't go for the bourbons that have this really strong kick you in the mouth, mouth kind of finish. Yeah. Second drink for me was a lot smoother. It was. Um, what's really interesting is, is because malted barley generally, and there's, there's two malted barleys and a malted rye, I don't know what happens to malted rye, but malted barley is generally uh, introduce a sweetness to the bourbon. And I definitely get that here. This yeah. is, this definitely has a sweetness, but then I feel like that rye is really kicking you. Sure. It's, yeah. it's, it's there on the finish and it's, oh, well, I it's wonder nice. what the percent is. That but would it's be 118.2 proof. It so, is. I mean, so uh, we're, we're getting some spice or some, you know, uh, uh, burn, I think from that. Um, but at the same time, the rye, I think, is adding to that. But it's a nice finish now that I've had a drink or two. Yeah, I think the initial one. Well, I, I had coffee this morning and quite a bit of it, so it, it will also affect how I intake some taste. Yeah. But I, I specifically didn't have a second cup of coffee this morning because I knew we'd be doing this this really? afternoon. Yeah. I had no coffee today, so. Good. Do you normally drink coffee? Depends. Depends on the day. I normally have two to three cups every day. Same I day. have an energy drink. I do sure. that as well. So I have two to three cups and a Celsius is usually Celsius. what I have. Um, so speaking of which, Mark, have you, did you do any workout today? I did not. So I did my one rep max uh, front squat today. Got a 10 pound PR. I got 325, Oof. which that's is that's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty the good. best. That's a lifetime PR. Uh, my previous was 315. I matched it at the beginning of Windler. Mm-hmm. Got 325 today and we were rushed today. Like we were actually rushed. I, we had 20 minutes to do our one rep max. <laughs> that's not much time. Yeah. And um, it was like a 15-minute warm-up, not with a barbell. And then we had 20 minutes to do our one rep max, and then we did the workout afterwards. And oh, So just a little note for me. I just got a whoop in the last week and a half. 
and my my recovery was absolute dog shit today. It was fourteen percent, which is horrible, and it's the lowest I've ever had waking up. So I didn't know what was going to happen today with my lifting. My lifting, I got a PR, but on the workout, I, I was just dog shit. Like it took me seventeen minutes. Tony, for example, took twelve. <laughs> he was like twelve oh two, and I was like seventeen oh five. Jesus, for the same workout. Tony's an animal. Tony, he is Tony, an animal. Tony embarrasses people. He quite, does. Quite but often, this was though. a decently. It was a fifty pound farmer's carry per arm, so a hundred pounds um, for fifty meters. And then you had to do renegade rows with those What's fifty that? pound. So you do a push up. Oh yeah, yeah. Left row, push up, right row, and you had to do four of those. Um, and then we had to do goblet squats with that fifty pounds, sit ups, and burpees. And, Jesus. And I did that, that same workout uh, during my vacation in Florida with a 40-pound dumbbell instead of 50 and did 10 rounds in 20 minutes. So I was averaging, well, it was 21.30. So I was averaging just a little bit over two minutes a round. Today, yeah. I did six rounds in 17 minutes, if that tells you anything. So I feel like there's something to this recovery nonsense on this whoop. Like, it, it feels pretty accurate. I, yeah. AJ's been trying to get me to get one for a while. I think I'm going to eventually cave in and, and grab one because I think the well, data that hey, it collects is... Baby steps. Baby I, steps. iPhone first. It's, it's in the mail. It's, okay. I'm, I'm so You'll, excited. As soon as I've you been, get it and you activate it, you're going to be added to all of our threads. I, am, I hate green bubbles. I, <laughs> as soon as you get your iPhone, you're going to be added to our threads. I'm so excited about that. I've been, I've been so psyched because it was, I was super sad first because on Friday, the guy messaged me. He was like, hey, I totally forgot it's fourth. We can't, you know, we're not, we're not going to be able to send it out. I'm like, all right, well, whatever. Just, just get it in the mail. I don't, I don't really care. Where did you buy it? Uh, just From off buddy, one, one of my friends. Yeah. yeah okay. So he, um, he moved down, he, he moved down to Atlanta for a job and, Look at those. I don't know if you... Look at those rings in the glass. That's just impressive. I don't think I've ever seen that. Look at that. I was going to ask if there's a characteristic like that where it, it oh, sticks I mean, a little it, bit, it, a little like bit Like a viscosity, yeah. an oil type, you know, generally you'll get that when it's... When, <sighs> and I taste that in my mouth. Like, it, it usually translates to me uh, as a, uh, like an oil feel in the mouth. Yeah. Is, is what I usually get But this that. isn't really that heavy. No. It's not like Which those surprising. Uh, Elijah like Craig barrel fruits yeah. we did. So, so I think you're right. It's not nearly as heavy, but it's it's definitely got a rich, a richness to it. I got I got some vanilla in here. I don't know if I don't know if you, you guys got that as well. I think that comes along with the sweetness. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely am picking up the caramel and the honey. I don't know if I would have been able to pinpoint them if I didn't see them on this webpage. Gotcha. But I, I'm now that I know they're there. Yeah. I can taste it, and the sweetness is definitely unique. I I really see why th this Chattanooga whiskey company is really starting to take off right now um and they do some whiskeys they do bourbon they do a, a decent amount of stuff um they actually have a bourbon barrel gin which mm. kind of like if you just not to be disgusting but just to give you an idea uh it looks almost like a urine colored um liquid hmm. okay That's so and then they do oh, okay. they do a rum barrel finish um they do uh, a couple of different uh rum barrel finish they do the bourbon barrel gin uh they do a mead barrel finished um with honey malted barley and finished in heather honey mead barrels hmm. so that's pretty cool they do a maple syrup barrel finish they do a tennessee double barrel and then they've got tennessee double malt tennessee single malt tennessee rye malt t weeded high malt so they have a lot of stuff they're doing scottish style high malt native barrel that's a lot going smoked on smoked high malt tennessee high malt Tennessee Double Barrel. Did I already say these? No, Tennessee Double Malt. I wonder so, I mean, if they distill all of that there or if it's like an EGP. Well, they have a DSP 
um, and it's a Tennessee DSP, so I'm assuming they're distilling it there. Sure. I don't know that they're distilling everything there, but uh, they have their own DSP, so I'm assuming they're, they are doing some of it. Yeah. So as a bourbon newbie, let me ask you, what is the difference between the Tennessee scene versus the Kentucky scene in terms of production? Well, I mean, so there's Tennessee whiskey, and then there's a there's a specific method of of distilling and bottling and all that um, where they you know use a certain filtration and everything. I can't remember the acronym for it, but they have a Tennessee mm. whiskey style okay. um, that a lot of places in Tennessee will follow for Tennessee whiskey. Um, now this is a bourbon. This is a straight bourbon, but it's a Tennessee bourbon. Um, bourbon can be made anywhere in the United States. It's not just a Kentucky no. thing. Um, but, but it, it is, doesn't really mean anything, it being a Tennessee bourbon. No, but it just means I mean, just just a if, they, if they distill it, it means that they're not getting that same limestone that Kentucky has. Sure. They're, you know, they might be using like RO water or something, you know, reverse osmosis water or something like that, um, as opposed to the, the standard limestone water you used to with Kentucky. Um, I don't even know that all the Kentucky bourbon places do that either. They probably use some RO and stuff like that too, but... The big thing with Kentucky back in the day was that, you know, their limestone lakes and, and water that were limestone filtered or whatever you want to call it, uh, added to that flavor profile um, and, and just the hardness of the water for, due to that um, yeah. or softness or whatever you want to call it, whatever limestone does to water, um, had an effect on the outcome of the bourbon. Yeah. Um, now, does that mean other places weren't creating bourbon at the time? Yeah, they were. I mean, there was New York bourbons, Pennsylvania bourbons. It's really expanded in the last few years. Te uh, Texas is really starting to do it. Louisiana is starting to do it. Um, California has some bourbon distilleries. I mean, so it's Colorado. Uh, a lot of places are doing it now. Um, so there's really not a difference. The biggest thing is, is you have to follow a certain set of criteria to become a bourbon. Gotcha. Um, 50 per, over 50% <coughs> corn in the mash bill is the first thing. And then what you do with it after that, you know, distilling at a certain proof, entering the barrel at a certain proof, uh, bottling at a certain proof or lower, um, you know, those types of things all determine yeah. the type of barrel. It has to be a new charred oak barrel, can't be used. As soon as you do, like when you see these finished in, in rum casks or whatever casks, it becomes not a bourbon anymore. Mm. So you'll see on the labels, you'll see straight bourbon whiskey, finished in rum cask or finished in you know cognac or, or something like that so like angel's envy for example isn't technically a bourbon by the time you drink it it's it's a finished bourbon um so that's that's become another class and that's become really popular right now everyone's trying to do a finished something or other which is cool it adds a lot of different characteristics to the to the bourbon i like angel's envy but i'm not usually a fan of finished bourbons me neither there's a few that I really like. We we like that. Uh, what was it? Bell Mead that we did. Yep. That the was Bell really Mead was great. The um, was it the cherry cask? Finishing. I think it was cask? cherry cask. Yeah, I think it was. But that was really good. I've had a couple of finished bourbons that I really like. There are some that I just I think I are just, terrible. Yeah. I think if it gets too sweet for me, then I'm not. I'm not as. It takes away from what you're expecting out of a yeah. bourbon. I think. Um, if I want something like that, I'll have something more like a cognac or something like that. Um, but. Bourbon, I like my bourbon a certain way. I haven't gotten into rye yet. I need to try to venture out into them. I've, I've had a couple of rye now that I've enjoyed. Um, and now that I'm getting better, I think it, drinking things straight, I think it's just my next step is mm -hmm. to try some rye and get into rye. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't know yet. Rye aren't something you do in the summer, that's for sure, because they're a little spicier. Mm. They're, like they're this would be much better in the winter, in my opinion. You think so? 
Yeah. Well, I got two bottles, so we can revisit it. Sure. Even when it gets fall and winter. I mean, the more I have it, the more I like it, but it's just, it's very distinct. It is. It's like an acquired, you know, it's not something that I would sip every day. What's interesting to me is I've never had a Chattanooga whiskey anything. So this is making me want to try some more of their stuff. Sure. So, um, so on this barrel 91, it says specifically on the bottle, it's a, uh, you know, one of a kind, uncut, unfiltered expression of our signature Tennessee high malt recipe, which I just read to you guys about, made from a, a mash of at least 25% specialty malted grains. So that's pretty high for malted grains. Usually when you see a malted barley on a mash bill, it's like 5%, mm-hmm. just enough to kind of kickstart the fermentation. Um, you're starting to see a little bit more higher malt mash bills, which is kind of cool because it does add a little bit of that sweetness. Um, but not overbearing sweetness. I think this is just, to me, this is about just the right amount. Just the right. Yeah. How was work when you came back to it today? Um, it was actually pretty light, which was surprising. Um, but I think it's because it's the beginning of the new quarter. Yeah. We finished the quarter on a high note. Um, and in fact, one of our big deals slipped to the very beginning of this quarter. So that'll be nice that I get that commission coming in like August. How big was the like deal? That. It was almost a million dollars. It was close. Um, you know, it's, and it's, that big one was $9 million for you? <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. So uh, one of the things, I was talking about this to someone downstairs uh, during class today, is that you know, a lot of people are just bitching and moaning about 2020. 2020 has been outstanding for me. Yeah. Like, I have not had a bad year. Everyone else is like, miserable well, we got, I got, a we got like murder work. hornets and right. other stuff and coming, all that right? stuff so. but ha- has that affected any of you i mean covid's affected us but if anything it's made my relationship with my wife better i've done this podcast i've, I've been you know it's been giving me something to focus on yeah the mm-hmm. gym stuff you know with doing online trying to pivot and figure out a way to keep everyone active during covid was was it was a challenge, but it was a, a fun challenge. Yeah. yeah. My work has been, it's picked up tremendously because of all this and everyone's changing their style of work. I've had a good year. Like I don't, I can't think of a year that I've had that's been better this in a long time. And mm. I just had a vacation. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't as nice as the vacation I went on last year for your wedding. Time. <laughs> but it was a fun vacation. The weather was 90 degrees every day. We had an hour of rain the whole week. So I got a little, I mean, you see how freaking tan I got yeah. in, in a week. I'm, I like how you I'm came darker, up to me on, on a Saturday. Yeah, I'm like. darker than my Asian friend right over here, uh, Mark. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, if, if anything, you know, I, uh, and I tan quickly. So mm-hmm. that's, that's one of my things. And I don't understand because my, unless there's a mailman in the, in the history, I'm, a, I'm English and German. So, like, I have no idea where my tan comes from. It's, it's pretty interesting. This will probably not surprise you, but when I tan, I turn yellow. I actually do glow like a, like this, this, you know, this tan yellow oh, kind of color. Hilarious. It is, it that's is not, not a great time. So what were you telling me the other day about your boss who was getting you guys shirts? Yeah. So yeah, he, I mean, it, it's nice. Cause I, I caught up with him today and, and I was like, Hey, what's, you know, what's going on? And we were talking, but he's like, Oh yeah, you can, you can just, you can wear a blazer over top of it. I'm like, right, that, that works <laughs> because blazer, but he was talking about getting yellow shirts and, um, you know, he, my, you know, my business partner is African American and he, you know, he looks, you know he's got he looks great in the shirt I'm oh like, yellow oh, would look great yeah. on a darker person i'm yeah. like that's that's great and then i'm like have you thought about what it's gonna look like on me because i liked it when we had black shirts because <clears throat> the contrast yeah you know, that was perfect but but he hated it so you know well, again, sure. no yeah. way to really balance that but so finally he, he sent me this design over the weekend he's like hey what do you think and looked at it and i'm like well <laughs> it was me if it was me we'd have some problems i mean that's that's one thing is like i when i buy clothing i pretty much target dark darker colors yeah yeah um 
you know, like I, I got maroon, dark blue, uh, actual blue, black, you know, those, those are colors that, that fit well with my skin tone. And, uh, but yeah, just, just thinking about it, I'm like, all right, I'll just, I'll wear a blazer. <laughs> I'll wear a blazer. It'll be, it'll be okay. Yeah. Think about that. Well, yellow and a blazer though. That's, that's pretty nice. That could pop nice. Yeah. yeah. What are you, so what project do you have going on at work? So, um, we, we have a startup that is dedicated to streamlining the affordable housing process. Um, right now it's a, it's a heavily deregulated market. So what you have is you have a lot of this, uh, this trust that, that, uh, that is lacking between the parties, right? You know, yeah. think, think about like in the, in the, in the fair market sense, having a Zillow, but it's just the wild, wild west on Zillow. So, you know, if, if I were renting an apartment, I, I, I'd, I'd want to know if, that person owned the owned the building. I'd want to meet that person, but that's not really the case for these kind of housing scams. Sure. Right? And last year, just looking at housing scams alone, from a rental standpoint, you know, thirty-seven million dollars down the toilet for the United States, right? So, um, a lot of people reporting losses up to a thousand dollars. I mean, that's like a security deposit, first month's rent, and oh, by the way, I don't own the property, and I'm gone. That kind of stuff. So, yeah. we really wanted to build a solution that. Not not only a streamlines that process because it's a hard it's a hard one to get in. You have government yeah. forms you got to fill out, but also makes it safer for both parties involved. Yeah. You know, I mean, l- landlords they got properties that they want to put out there, but they don't they don't know who the tenant is. Tenants don't want to get scammed. I mean, a lot of these pe- a lot of these people get application fees. They get scammed and then they're done. They're not they're no longer there. So, and we'll, and what we're basically doing is taking advantage of the the housing subsidy program. And being able to tie that into kind of forming this like this relationship between the renter and the landlord. Nice. So, um, what what I've been doing is, you know, there's a digital platform. You do have to think about all the user flows and everything. Similar to, you know, if you were on Facebook, you're on Instagram. You know, what when you're on Instagram, you hit a button. Where do you go? And that's yeah. the same thing that I'm trying to figure out is how how do you make this a robust platform so that anybody can download this on their on their phone on on a web app and, and continue to use it well. So there's a lot of work to be done still. I mean, it's. I've been going. I've been going hard at it. You know, after getting the initial business idea kind of done last year around October, you know, we've been building all the infrastructure from a technology standpoint. Uh, it's great because we have people come on the team that are trying to, you know, they're willing to donate their time. I'm I'm doing it more of a I'm doing it more of a of a full time kind of kind of thing. But as yeah. we continue to bring more talent on, I mean, it's it's really starting. How many to people work with you? So we have, our, our team is now eight. Nice. Um, it was three last year, so that's great. Uh, yeah. We had we had three last year plus some interns, and then nice. this year it's been uh, we we have two partnerships, one with Ohio State and one with Miami University. So they Miami sent two this year. Ohio State still has their six on kind of. Uh, so is it all interns then? No, no, th- those are those are the those are the uh, the guys that are doing like additional work for us. So so and how we have our core team? Not to be too detailed, but how are you paying them? Like how's that? Uh, uh, they get paid through the universities. Okay, so that's okay. that's the good thing. They have. Um, so do you have a grant through the university? Yeah. And so we did. Uh, I, I know with Ohio State last year, I forget what it is in the summer, but last year there's a there's a group called. Um, it's like student consultants for nonprofit organizations, but hmm. they get you know they they get some kind of stipend for working with nonprofits in inside of inside of the city. So, nice. um, but they've been they've been incredibly helpful. Ohio State has been such a huge resource. I mean, obviously, I, it, they're. They have so many things there that well, can help uh, out. The talent from, pool, the <coughs> the regular like from monetary the, resources, from everything. The legal standpoint, getting us set up as an LLC. Oh, you know, did they help you with that too? Yeah. Oh, so wow. they, I mean, nice. You can. It, it's it's crazy how easy it is that if you can start a business tomorrow, you can just do that in Ohio State. You know, to get more reps in with their guys, they're willing to they're willing to side, You know, they're willing to dedicate their time to that. So, um, but we're in a we're in a super good ecosystem right now. That you know, if you have a business idea and you want to validate it. I mean, go for it. That's yeah. the, 
I am going to interrupt Urban you hunters. just to uh, <laughs> uh, remind you that uh, you need a nipple on that glass. Um, oh, yeah. My we're apologies. done with ours. My apologies. And uh, I mean, you've been talking more than us, I think. So I've been partaking conversation, trying to. And that's fair. That's well, fair. if you wouldn't pour half a glass every single oh, time. This is, no, this is good, though. I, I, I will say after the, things we're drinking after, the initial, after the initial drink, which was like a yeah, huge... Just, you're right. It's, it is. it's toned down a little this bit. This is toned down quite a bit. Now, how often do you drink cask strength stuff or barrel-proof barrel type stuff? <sighs> I don't. It's mo- most things that, you know, and, and, and I've, I'm still... So do me a quick favor. T- open mm-hmm. up your bottle. Mm-hmm pour just a smidge don't like pour it just like try to get as close to just a couple drops in there as possible and then swirl it around take another drink and see what you think i have heard yeah the the water does do something to well i mean that's what they do when they cut it down i mean this is purified water it's not you know ro water or anything like that but a lot of times people will say it opens up the flavor a little bit it does tone it down quite a bit yeah even even a few droplets. So like we listen to the Buckhorn. Well, I listen to the Buckhorn, <laughs> Buckhorn podcast. He doesn't even listen to our podcast. Yeah, so, uh, which is kind of I, a running I, joke. I like the podcast though. That's I, I you know dude dude will know because I will text him yeah. and I will laugh at something that Tyler says or <laughs> so, you know I, I I enjoyed the one uh, I don't know what episode this is but it would have been what episode twenty six I think where. Yeah. Uh, you were getting your parents to try it. I mean, that's kind this of what... Is, this is 27, by the this way. This is 27? Excellent. Excellent. So <laughs> there you tomorrow. go. It'll be out tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, we're, I, we're a little behind on uh, stuff in the bank. But, so. but, you know, I was I, I was out at the park walking around. I was like, oh, yeah, you, you know, episode came up. And I, I thought it was great because I, I kind of imagined that if I gave my parents, you know, this, they probably have a similar reaction. And Yeah, and it's... It, my mom actually drinks bourbon. Not regularly, like I do. But she'll have... Like, I bought her a bottle of Buffalo Trace back in... When did we go there? I think it was December. Yeah. I think I bought her one then, and it's already gone, which for a, you know, 60-some, well, 70-some-year-old woman now, you know, that's, uh, that's impressive that she was finished it off in, in a, a few months, you know? To me, maybe, I'll probably be doing that by then still, but, but to me, that was a, a big deal. So... so- Real quick, what did you uh, what did you bring for us today? Oh, you brought absolutely. us a little surprise. So, so yeah, so on on Saturday, you and I talked, and I, I I have actually brought some of this to the gym before. When I know we've had our I dinners. Yeah. So this is Chinese baijiu. Um, it is the national drink of China, and uh, it's pretty wide pretty widespread over there. Is baijiu the type of drink or the actual name of the it, company? It is the type of the drink. Okay. So um, is that a whiskey? What is that? So baijiu is this uh, distilled alcohol that is derived from like. Um, rice, sorghum. Sorghum is a primary ingredient in, in this particular one, um, but they have it's, it's a grain alcohol, and it's it's heavily it's you know it, it's it's incredibly strong, about similar proof to what we have here. Um, this one is this one Don't is fifty eight percent, so one hundred and sixteen proof, very similar to to what we have here today. So, um, but uh, just can you read the label? Yeah, so I, when I looked this up, um, this this is this comes from a region. It's called the it's called the Yang Yangshua region, and it's like a it's like a vacation. The Wuhan region? Is no, that, it's not no. the Wuhan. Place. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Right. Um, but uh, so this region is more of like a it's like a backpacking kind of country kind of region. So um, it's a it's pretty remote. So and it has a QR code on it. It it does it does. Well, actually, yes. I don't know. I don't know happens. if that goes anywhere, but I don't know. We'll find um, out right now. And uh, what I what I found out about it is, you know, my my dad does these. Uh, he, he's a professor, so he'll take students home or to China. And you know, we used to have this like regiment that we would go go about. You know, go to Beijing, see the Great Wall. Go see Tiananmen Square. Yeah. Go to go to Xi'an, see the Terracotta Warriors. 
And, you know, he, he himself has a ton of experience. He's, a, he's an art history professor. He knows just about everything that you would want to know about Chinese history. And uh, he's, he's developed, you know, where they travel over time. So uh, it's kind of sad because when, when I stopped going because of school, he started going to the, to the southern region of China. And, mm. and that's, that's kind of the birthplace of this, of this Baiju drink. Um, even, you know, I, I would say from the, the China lore there, even Mao himself, you know, was drinking this kind of stuff. So, that, nice. so, they're, so they, hold this, they hold this drink pretty highly. And uh, in this particular region, there is, uh, there's, a, there's a street. It's almost like uh, if you think about, if you think about uh, New Orleans and Bourbon Street, yeah. this is West Street. So it's like Xijie. Xijie Laojiu is what it's called. And um, they, they do kind of, their, kind of their own blends. So I tried to research as much as I could about this particular one, and I, and I couldn't really find it on the internet about it. Most of it was in Chinese, which I admittedly... Well, you must not have tried the QR code. Oh, did you get something? Yes, we, okay. WeChat. Oh, don't, yeah. <laughs> don't even download that. That's terrible. <laughs> this is what came up from the QR code. Okay, that's fair. I mean, they probably, they probably have an a... advertisement a, a, or something. Yeah, like a text ring or an advertisement that they want to do. But, you uh, know, China's connected with, with WeChat in, in terrible ways. But that's, that's another, <laughs> that's another, that's another episode. episode that we're going to get we'll into We'll have a here. Chinese episode coming so up soon. Maybe you guys have talked about this. Were you, so, I'm guessing you were born in China. Yep. yep. How long have you lived in the U.S.? Uh, that I, was pretty assumptive. <laughs> Well, I mean, his father is there, I'm so I would assume. My dad's actually here. But, oh, you know, is he? Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, both my parents are. We're, we're the only part of our family that has actually come to the United oh, States. Okay. For whatever reason, I think my, the rest of my family, I don't know. We have mixed opinions, and uh, I know one of my cousins was like, oh, I don't think English is important. And I'm like, actually, <laughs> let me tell you about English a little bit. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, when, uh, but, uh, I, I came here when I was four and a half, so I'm, okay. I'm 32 now. I'm getting, getting old. Happens. You are you um, are getting old. Absolutely getting old. God, and, uh, you're old. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I I I really at this point, you know, I, I think in English. I identify as American. It's that's not really it's yeah. not really a question. But I do have this part of my heritage. I mean, that, you have to that say that. You have to say. I, well, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but you know, that's but you can but you can but you can tell from interacting with yeah. me. It's like I, you know, there's of so course you, I, th- you truly think in English. Can you speak? Uh, yeah. Chinese is it Mandarin or what do you Standard speak? Mandarin, yeah. yeah. So Hong Kong to me or like Cantonese to me sounds crazy. I, I can't even I can't even. Is that it. Cantonese? So now is Cantonese from, like a dialect? Yeah, it's, so it's a dialect, but it's like um, so the way I describe it to to most friends here is like if you think about like what is the difference between like uh, a Columbus dialect versus let's say you go to I don't know, let's say you go to like Ironton or something like you know I'm sure there's a little bit of a Southern Ironton. Ohio slang. Wow. That was a good reference. I had a friend from there, so well, and I, and I was a, we played them in basketball and I was a high school football fan so i, I love right. Ironton, but if you think about it that way you know there's a there's a little bit of a dialect differential right and then, sure. and then you go south another few hundred miles you go to kentucky there's a dialect so, differential. so right. in chinese dialects does it include different words no is it no. just intonations of the words yeah. like the way you pronounce them and things like so, that so what has happened is like if you think about it if if i with all these like 200 mile jumps right if, if, if let's say florida's accent is insanely different yeah, multiply that by ten. So now, when you have like mainland China versus what Cantonese is, they they're saying the same characters. They are pronounced differently and completely lost. So, well, my brother was married to a Philippine woman, and mm-hmm. um, now she was American, but yeah. Philippine was or is she is? Well, he was. Okay, he, he's now remarried. Um, Filipino food. Side oh, note, it was outstanding. That was that was yeah. That the, was one of my favorite things about them being married is they would have us over every Sunday, and I would go. I would oh, it was so. Good. Those are the egg rolls we had on on Saturday, actually. Right? Oh, they were Philippine. Yeah. Oh, nice. Like, and, and that style, of course. But yeah. So what was interesting is they told me, and I'm I'm making up the number. Mm-hmm. 
but I think they told me it was something like a hundred different dialects in the Philippines, yep. and from one end of the island to the other, they wouldn't be able to understand each yep, other. That's and nuts. Then, but then they had a neutral, um, like universal Philippine language that they could all speak if they had to. But then they had their, if you want to call it slang or, or mm-hmm. dialect or whatever, in their little region, which is small because, or which is interesting because Philippines are not a huge area, Mm-mm. but there are some islands and there's some, you know, stuff that, that separates them that I would imagine probably helped. Water, water separates them. Yes. So some, my, some water. <laughs> so in my hometown, uh, we're, we're more inside of the, of the Chinese like desert area almost. And, uh. We, we do have a local slang kind of thing where, like, if you went there... Do you say, understand it? Yeah, I do. So because of your parents? Or? I do it because, uh, well, when I when I go home, my aunts and uncles will, will say that. And it's like... Interesting. It's he like says the, he identifies as American, but he says when he goes home. Well, when I go when I go <laughs> visit family. When I go visit family. <laughs> I'm okay. messing with you, man. But, <laughs> when, I'm in, when I'm in Florida, I say, let's go home to our condo. <laughs> to, to, so I'm just and, messing uh, with you, man. But you have... but And, and the thing is, like, there, even, even in that small ecosystem, you have this crazy spread. Because you can have this mainland, like, accepted Chinese. You can have the local dialect, which is, like, a little bit variation. But it's it's more like... It's like saying, like, what's up? Instead of being like, how are you, dude? You know, like, yeah. instead of being, like, a formal, formal kind of thing. Yeah. And how, then... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. You can finish. Well, and, and I, he I really remember didn't have anything. when he I was, was he was trying well, to make something up on the fly. When I went back <laughs> and I, you know, I moved here when I was four. I moved. I, the first time I went back was when I was sixteen. Tell us the rest of the story, but let's let's pour okay, some of this out. I'll let you pour um, it since it's yours. Well, and I and I went back when I was sixteen. My dad had never taught me in this like major dialect difference, right? So we are in the countryside of my hometown, which is probably like twenty minute drive outside of the half of that half of that excellent, um, which is about. Maybe twenty miles. Give me a little more. Than 20, 20 miles outside of the epicenter of town, right? So it's not a huge drive. We're in a bus, and my and we get to this. We get to this like very rural farmer village, and we're trying to eat. We're trying to walk around and try to see the local sites. Yeah, I mean your your face says everything about this alcohol. And uh, and 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 my and we get <laughs> out. Smell to it, man. And we get out, and, the, and this, this guy comes on the bus, and he says something in this dialect, and I'm like, I looked at my dad. I'm like, hey man, I don't like what's what's he saying? And my dad's like, I got this. And he walked up. And he just changed dialects. And I went, holy shit, this man is a god. Like, yeah. it, was, it was just, but... So your dad's still, like, a god yeah. here. That's he could. Awesome. Well, he, I mean, my, I mean, if you think about my it... Son, my, my son's already lost that with me, and he's only really? 16. What? Oh, come on. Come on. That's he's, the, an, he's an American fucking teenager. He lost gotta, it when he was, like, 13, you, when he knew he was smarter than me. <laughs> you got to think about it this way. My, my dad has, you know, he's overcome, you know, communist revolution. He's been part of that. He's he's been beat down by these by these people who are suppressing him. He's gotten back up on his feet. He's come to America. He's brought his family over here. He's gotten his master's degree here. He's so so that was going to be my question as <laughs> as living in the mainland. How do I like how this is turning into the China episode? I love it. I love no, it. Well, you can't, I mean, Chinese, you yeah. have history. <laughs> so how do fine. mainlanders? Um, and like Hong Kong, Taiwan view each other and vice versa, you know, um, you're, you obviously being from there, your dad being a historian. Yep. So I, I, I will limit what I say because I, I was telling you this, I have to be very careful right now because we have a new national security law in China where it, it, there may be some retaliation based on what I say. Sure, it's, sure. It's messed up, but um, you're I, assuming that we have that broad of an audience. Absolutely, but say somebody <laughs> you never know. Somebody, you know I, mean, I feel like you would you <laughs> would not be surprised. Um, They're probably scanning every podcast, yeah. on Apple podcast. But but what happens in China is, and and I and I often I often warn my my you know my Western friends, whatever my actual friends, but like what I, I warn them that there's there's two different views of like two different like bubbles of thought in China. So you have mainland Chinese people thoughts. 
you have CCP thoughts, right? So what is basically happening? So CCP, is, just for everyone is the listening, is the communist China, Chinese Communist Party. Chinese Communist Party, and and they do everything they can from either a social media influence or you know, from media influence to try to influence that and try to suppress the thought, right? So yeah. So China will have China will have their mainlanders think that you know Taiwan's part of us, you know Hong Kong's part of us, Tibet's part of us, you know the the Xinjiang's part of us, the the the, the Uyghurs that are getting going through their own Holocaust right now. Yeah. Pretty, do do pretty rough. people inside of their country truly believe that stuff or do they know that it's propaganda? So it's a half and half. That's um, what I was going to say. Part, like yeah. what part, like what percent of China kind of, of the population kind of believes that? So hard to tell because even if you did believe that, you, would you can, tell someone you, you, you can never say that outwardly. Yeah. So like, you know, you know, when I went home <laughs> last time it was 2017, and I was sitting at dinner and, you know, this was, this was like, you know, we've got, we got high class educators, we've got parents, we've got, you know, we've got people in the government there. And somebody at the table was like, man, I wish we were back to when Mao was here. And in my head, I was like, you, you know, you guys like starved a shitload, right? You guys, you guys were giving up your metal to make bullets and, and then not having anything to cook with. Like, that's not a... That's not a state that I would rather be in, but yeah. that's those are those are things for me where I'm like, oh, that's a little bit weird. I I, I don't I don't know, so I kind of back off of that. But I think in the mainstream, though, no matter what you think, if you continuously see it all the time, that's what you're gonna that's what you're gonna believe, right? Sure, so, sure. Though, and and think about it to put it in, in terms of in terms of here, it's like imagine like not being able to Google something because you're not allowed. You can only search from a finite. What's amount of material, right? Like yeah. to find to find something about your. Country. What's wild is like I mean, it, it's not that extreme, but I also feel like we're not that far. You know, it wouldn't be that hard to get there. You know, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, I I feel like search engines are getting closer to being plat- truer platforms. Oh, true. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a common argument there of the the phone company versus being you know being a, yeah. being a platform. Right? And there is and there is so, definitely a, a balance of those. Yep. You know, but. You know, I, I I would say I would say in China right now the the, the tensions right now are are they're going to be very they're going to be much more nationalistic and that and, and unfortunately it's like it's it, it's just the fact that like they have no access to anything else right like, yeah and and they're not allowed and that's the that's the thing is like when you when you're continuously searching for something it doesn't matter like even even now I hear the the VPNs that are trying to get people out of the country they can't even do that anymore those are blocked too so it's like you know like simple apps that we would think every day would be used we use instagram we use facebook gmail these are all things that we would just like we wouldn't even hesitate i would open it up and say hey what's what's on my email today can't use any of those because those because the the amount of potential free thought that could come out of that is just too much like hmm. the the biggest the biggest one that you know one reason and i'm sure we'll get this we'll, we'll get into this in the china episode but it's like why students that come here you know they're kind of quarantined when they when they come home right it's like you know they come here and it's like and, and it's funny because my birthday is June 3rd. Tenement Square Massacre was June 4th. No, nobody in my family is allowed to wish me happy birthday because if you, if you hint at an anniversary or like a birthday candle or something in that, in that amount of time, then they're construing it as you saying, oh, this is, this is the anniversary of Tenement Square. Like you're, you're banned from WeChat. Like that's, that's kind of their whole thing. Ooh. And so like, so basically my, what my family does is like, so a week ahead of time, like, Hey, happy birthday. Like, uh, hope you have uh, a good one. Like, oh, like we'll right, see you in two weeks. Yeah, see you in two weeks. Yeah. And we don't say anything for, for a whole week yeah. in the group chat. But when students come here, one reason that China wants to keep them inside of China is because they come here and, and somebody would just say it. Like, you know, ima- imagine like, you know, I can imagine someone coming to the gym and dude being like, Hey, what do you think about Tiananmen Square Massacre? Like this was 30 years ago or whatever. And they'd just be like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? And then, 
they Google it here, and then it's like their world, like, their world collapses. Fl- yeah, it's like flipped and, upside down. And there's been multiple cases where like they've had to, they've they've banned kids from the platform. They've they've really yeah. suppressed thought because some kid will come here and be like, oh, yo, listen, here's what happened in 1989 and, and on June 4th, like people people died and got run over by tanks, and then they had to squash their bodies and wash them down the drain, like. None of that's allowed. You know, yeah. that's that's why that's why media so is so So do kids grow up today not even knowing about them? They do them? not. They that's do not. Nuts. Um, we actually... I couldn't... Could you imagine? We, that would just and be Not insane. to be political, but I feel like a lot of that shit's happening right now. Like, the start of it. Sure. Like, and again, no matter how you feel on the monuments thing, you know, racist monuments, I'm fine. Tear, tear those down. I don't care about idolizing monuments, but at the same time, I feel like... And, and this is probably an alternative viewpoint, but I feel like monuments, whether they're racist or not... They're not technically hurting anybody. I feel like if they're treated... Well, they're there to well, serve a reminder, regardless of positive or now, negative. We're, we're all white, minus you, obviously. I'm basically white. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, a white perspective on it, and, and obviously that doesn't... I can't communicate what a, a black person or a Chinese person or an Indian person or whatever is going to feel about something because I've never been in their shoes. But for me, I feel like just because I love history, you're walking down the street with your son and, and you see a monument and you say, oh, hey, look at that, son. And you explain to them why that monument's there. Was that guy a good person? No, he was a terrible person. And this is why. He, he had slaves. He did this. And he was terrible. You know. Now, obviously, there's there's looking at things in perspective of the time that things happened versus the time we're in now. Obviously, slavery now is a horrible, horrible thing. And it's always been a horrible thing. But but from a cultural standpoint, at the time when slavery was big here, it was the predominant, but it you know, acceptable it cultural thing. It didn't just exist between white and black folks. No, like, it's, it existed throughout time. Oh, sure. When Chinese, when when the Mongols took over places, they would make slaves out of whoever they conquered. Any conquered civilization had, became slaves for at least an extended period of time. Well, and... and for, I shouldn't say extended, but for a period of time, they became slaves. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was well, just and, the and if result of war. I could be very misspoken about this, um, but if I, if I remember right from my class of, in African American studies, um, Tribes in Africa conquered other tribes, and basically raped and pillaged the tribes, and, and then, then sold, sold them to those the people. Settlers, yeah, right? yeah, because the way the the way the way I understand it, the way the currents worked at the time, they would use the wind, but they would also use the existing currents yeah. in the ocean, and that would take them, I think, off the coast of Africa, the western coast of Africa, and, and those civilizations there, like you said, they had conquered and, and enslaved a lot of people, and then they would sell those slaves to the European settlers to the new world and then they would bring them over and sell them to the new world like yeah. colonials or whatever you want to call them or it might have even Again, started as an endangered slavery, uh, slavery is yeah. fucking retarded like there's no other word for it it's stupid it's horrible now that we know what we know about science and I mean let's be honest I mean back in the day people actually thought that the different races were lesser yep. types yeah. of people. And I'm sure that came from the fact that, oh, hey, we just went to Africa. Here's all these black-skinned people or dark-skinned people that haven't yet figured out gunpowder. They must be savages. Oh, so they must be biologically less of a person than us. Yeah. No, they just had a different arc of history. Yep. 
just like Native Americans in the United States, they had a different arc of history. They were living off the land. You know, that that's they had a different arc. So their their progression, if you want to call it that, technological progression anyway, was different. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean they were dumber. Doesn't mean they were less of a person or less of a culture or lesser lesser of a civilization. They just chose to do things differently. So, Mark, how much of the Chinese students that are, you know, that come over here to, to learn, how much are they encouraged to go back with that information? So the uh, learning about learning about China stuff that's not allowed to be said back home, definitely a, a non grata kind of, a kind of approach there. But in, in China, at least for the time being, probably not so much recently because of, uh, of international politics and tensions and stuff. But at, at least a couple of years ago, it was seen that if you had an American degree, you were definitely good for any job in, in China. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was it was a highly held kind of thing. But what what happens with every construct is that as, as you you know as this is held up high, you have more students coming here. Then you dilute the potential yeah. pool that that is back home, right? But I know that in you know when I started grad school, probably like twenty thirteen or so. At that point, my you know my parents like you know they 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 have a pipeline of students. They were traveling there. They were traveling back there three four times a year. Yeah. I mean, it was like it was like hey, we gotta we gotta get people over here. You know, and in recent times, mainly just due to political tensions there, it just hasn't it just hasn't come, right? But well, what so so let me ask you this. If they're trying to control the information as much as they are, how can they allow people to leave the country and then come back? So what it what it is, it's like it it's like a weird it's like a weird like control measure. So like it it's almost like you're sending these like you're sending these unknowing ambassadors to the rest of the world and you and, and what you actually want you what you actually want is for them to develop this like positive relationship, right? So like let's say you have like, you know, drone student X, right? And he comes to the United States. Oh, he has great experience. He comes here, he's already got a ton of money that is, you know, f- through whatever means generated from the CCP. Well, a lot, side, lot, of, side, yeah, a lot of yeah. conversation about that. About so <laughs> side note of that, what, what a lot of people don't realize is that American universities are essentially like yes. um yes. Uh, well, they, a, want, they, better, want, they want diversity subsidized yeah. by yeah. foreign countries they because are. you know the, you, you know well, Chinese you, nationalists listen, are the one I know you don't paying sixty dollars sixty thousand a year. If you listen to the Melissa Chen podcast, <laughs> this is going to be good because she talks be about how if you really do some digging, that you can find ties back to China to a ton of corporations and universities. Oh yeah, from money that they're basically subsidizing. You know. They're, they're being subsidized. I don't, I don't know the correct usage of that word, but they're getting money from China, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as they do certain things, whether it's information flow, whether it's painting China in a positive light, you know, different things like that, they'll receive money, basically. And, yeah. So, let's, let's talk about this. I, oh, I, get, I don't want to get too deep so, into the China. That's why <laughs> people least, listen. At, today. I, at least not today. No one <laughs> listens because they want my recommendation on bourbon. Well, they're going to want your, recommenda- or your reaction to this. this is, is this a whiskey? Um, I, I, you say I it's a grain alcohol. No, it's a grain. It's, it's more like a, I would say more like in the vodka class, for sure. Okay. So, what, did you, a, what would you call this again? Not the, not the, the brand name, but what is this so called? This is Baiju, which basically translates to white alcohol. Um, it's a heavily distilled, refined product, but it's clear. It's so clear, let's just yeah. let everyone know it's clear. It smells like. Let's be clear. It's clear. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it this way. It, it, it's, it does not smell good. <laughs> I have, Is this I, pop off in China? <laughs> I had a friend and I. 
we we constantly you know we'll we'll, we'll cook stuff we'll drink stuff yeah she and i tried making cocktails out of this did you say she yeah and uh how good of a friend is she She's like my sister. Okay. Not, yeah. okay. But, uh, but well, wait, West Virginia sister? Not yeah, West no. Virginia. <laughs> Alabama but, sister. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we've tried many iterations of trying to mask this flavor, trying to complement this flavor. It doesn't, for some, whatever reason, it just, it, it breaks out of any prison. It's that like put my it in, right? wife's genetics. You try, you try to dilute them over the generations, but they just still just come, come back. That's what, that's what it the, is. The stubbornness, the uh, the anger. But the the main thing is like, and I and I wish for the next episode. You know, we could speaking of speaking could, of the devil, I, I could was that her? Yeah, she just her. <laughs> as this is like a rural special, I could bring the the actual process version <laughs> and like, like hold on though. You know what cracked me up about that? <laughs> she jumped out of the room quicker than she came in. Like we could see, like the people oh, listening oh. could see her yeah oh shit gotta get out of here like she was naked oh gotta get out but like they could see her she does that when i'm on my video calls at oh, work yeah. like she'll pop oh, and then she'll you know jump out but like if she doesn't react they don't react that's right. the whole that's the whole rule right like but, she's supposed to be there um, you know but yeah this is ahead, uh, this is more of a I, I can already tell from from kind of the smell and the taste of this this has a very distinct like a very sweet flavor to it the 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 version that i'm no no it, it does it does i promise you're getting I promise. sweetness from that smell the, um, are you getting sweetness from the smell? I'm getting the. I'm it's, getting it's locker, a, I'm locker room socks. Like, <laughs> I'm getting locker room socks. That's what I'm getting. Okay. What do you? There's a. Uh, I don't even know how to describe this. I, I've oh. never smelled anything like this. Oh, like this locker room socks is just because I don't know. It, my nose is confused. There's a. There's something that I want to pinpoint with this, but I cannot. I, I know. But I will say that the taste does not necessarily reflect the no, smell. No, it won't. I like. I feel like bourbon. Sometimes it does. Most times it does. But I f- I'm hoping to God this doesn't. Did you not just try it? No, I know. You? I know. Many, it took me. I just, it. Yeah, yeah. And I know many people who who have described it as lighter fluid. I'm, having, like, I'm <laughs> having trouble getting past the the, the smell. <laughs> like I can smell it. I haven't. I was smelling it when we were talking, and I didn't even have the glass to my nose. So the Here taste to me, hold on, hold on, is very dry rice. Like okay, uh, I, I like. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to that's a good way to talk about it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not. It's not. It's not too bad. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. No. The the finish. <laughs> the finish was not good. So I. I'll, I'll bring you the more processed version a little bit later. Oh, that's, there's that's a more, more processed. Yeah, version? so this is a rural kind of like a you know if you're if you're going so like a local like version a local of version. A, the like uh, right out of the pot. There's two competing national brands. One is you know for our listeners, anyways. One is Maltai, which is like oh you're just pouring that okay. Cool. But one I'm is I'm gonna give myself another sip. One is uh, <laughs> one is Maltai, um, and that is one of the largest companies in, in China, and it's and it's definitely the nationally accepted dude, version can't of do it. it. Dude, did, and, you, uh, did you just finish it? Or did I you think pour no. He poured, it? He poured his into mine, and then I finished. And, uh, <sighs> I, sorry, man. I I wanted I wanted so badly to enjoy this. Well, here's the thing. The other the other one that I'll bring is called Wuliangye, which is which is actually my favorite version of the drink. Right? You know what I'm getting on the finish mm-hmm. is almost like a burnt popcorn. Okay. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give you that that's one. Not, give you that yeah, one. that's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. Kernels. Yeah, not bur- the, the kernels. The, the kernels, kernels, yeah. Yeah, like the smell of the uh, kernels, to me, not necessarily the taste to me, of the like, smell. This is like a box or a bag of just uncooked rice. Oh, is it? okay. So you have a milder reaction to this then. Like, I, yeah. I think I'm, I'm more along the lines of dude where like there's, like, there's a, definitely like a burnt, yeah, there's a there's a there's a um, what is it? There's something that doesn't fit, right? That like you're trying to yeah. figure out what that is. But I, I will say though, if you, I'm sure it, I could get used to it. This, I had a similar reaction when I first started drinking bourbon neat, mm-hmm. but this is. So I'll I feel put, like this is going to stay with me the way. rest of the night. If you if you ever if you guys ever go international, if your company ever does, and you go to China, our company. Um, if you if you do, and you are at a business meeting, 
uh, you're gonna have to learn how to drink this no matter what. Listen, I'll so, learn. Yeah. I'll drink it. Now I'll, I'll I I feel comfortable making those faces around you right now as I drink it. I can I can suppress those faces <laughs> if I have to. <laughs> but uh, so say this again. Buy 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 Jew. Bai so buy buy is the word for white, and Jew is the general word for alcohol. Okay. So right. you can. So I mean, feel free to text me that if you if you want to. Buy Jew. Okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is a drink that if if we went to a fancy restaurant in China today. They'd serve us our entrees, and then, but before that, with the cold dishes and everything, they'd bring out a bottle like this, set it down. We'd get this, and, and drinking culture has evolved quite a bit in China. Like when I when I went in twenty, uh, in what was two thousand eight actually, it was more of like a hey, I you know the the youngest person at the table, which could be me, but oftentimes it was like another you know like person with generation above, right? He would pour drinks and break shot glasses, and and everybody would down them. They have this. They have the saying there called "gambe," which is to dry your cup, and you'd have to drink the whole thing. So like it was. It was so a, if someone said that, you're expected to finish you, your you drink. Must, yeah, it's it's it, and it, and it's like a it's like a weird party, you know, staring no, contest I, where like you just got to do it. Like, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, I like that. When I went back ten years later, they actually evolved to the point where like you know instead of have, making the guy work and go around the, the the table and everything, they have mini pitchers now. So now. You can fill the mini pitcher and then fill your own glass and then you can you can gambe, right? So so that saves a lot of time from the guy walking around now, the table. I don't know if Chinese businessmen are the same way, but my buddy often works and my dad said this mm-hmm. too about um, Japanese businessmen. Yes. Oh, yes. You must you must drink. So they they take you out and it's almost like it's like a test. Yes. And they will get you sloshed. Which, which I think is which I think is ridiculous. I like sake. Well, what I'm a fan of sake. I, I think it's ridiculous because, like, if if you had tolerance, like, you know, me, I turn I turn a little red. I'm gonna get flushed. It's gonna happen. Yeah. But if you know, I can imagine if dude went out with these guys, he drinks. I'm, I'm a drunkard. I'm saying you have your tolerance, but so you can. Ma- he's making assumptions. You could drink the guys under the table though, so that, that that's why I was thought you it was very so? silly. Like we've had because well, of my weight. Or so do you what think is what is my... so if it's something that's more accepted, not mm-hmm. accepted, but like standardized. What is it? from from the the asian culture of like i th- i think the that business to i got to say what are you going to expose what are you going to leak when you're no, drunk i think it's i think it's like a it's like a fellowship thing so it, one one thing that i know from the south and the north in china is like the the northern end loves they they love their alcohol they love their baijiu the the southern end they they do this more like hang out around tea kind of thing they like mm. they will drink but like they have a lot of this like gathering around tea kind of kind of business and uh, but the whole idea is to like you know we're just hanging out like we're yeah. just we're just we're we're bros chilling out right yeah That's, and for whatever reason which that, is the same in America very much I yeah feel. I mean it's, it'd be the same as if we were sitting in a bar and you know just bartender give us you know give us this and and we and we drink it we talk about it and we continue to talk business right but I think the idea is like you know if you can't trust somebody that can can go a night with you at a bar what are you gonna what are you gonna do with them in in the business world right sure like, you know sure. that's there's all but but it, but that's a social stigma that's a social stigma that it's like oh like if this guy can't drink you know like here i know well, and from what i understand if they invite you to go and you decline that's a huge that's no-no. a huge that's a huge no-no yeah right so so you're expected if they invite you because you won't get invited for a while and then once you get to that point then you get that test of they'll invite you out for drinks and you must drink. You must go and drink. In, in Japan specifically, I think there was even like a culturally accepted situation where like if the husband came home before like 7 p.m. or 8 p.m., then something was wrong. Like That was he, a bad sign. Had, you yeah, you weren't to, working hard yeah, enough. He had, to, he had to come home at some point 
after he had been drinking and, and that kind of stuff, which is like, you know, for me, it's like, well, that's a little bit damaging because that's like an everyday thing, right? But I've had friends from Korea, South Korea, for example, that had the same experience. Like uh, one, of my, one of my best friends from Atlanta that, that, I, you know, that I haven't visited since COVID started, but I was going to Atlanta two, two three times a year. Um, his dad came to America because he just couldn't, he couldn't handle this lifestyle anymore. He was, a, he was like a scientist over in South Korea, but every single night it was just like, hey, like no matter what, if you had, you know, imagine if you had wife's birthday. No, you're, Tyler, you're, you're, you're coming out to the bar with us. It's like, dude, like, I, I, I got to go home. Like, what is going on, right? But that, that culture there, though, it's, it's a, I, I don't know for whatever reason it's the it's culture, developed that way. I would imagine your wife's probably not going to be upset about it because they expect it. <sighs> If it's the culture, I think it's, if it's truly the yeah. culture, then then no one there thinks it's a bad thing. It might be like forcibly, I mean, there might be some might be forcibly accepted. So like sure. it, you know, fifty percent accepted, fifty percent resented. But I think that's a that's a thing that I I think is lost on a lot of people today with culture, because there's historical culture too, and there's things that were acceptable two hundred years ago that are not acceptable now. Yep. And instead of instead of tearing down those things celebrate the fact that they're not acceptable anymore yeah that's i mean like, that's, that should be that should be a huge indi indicative or indication that we have evolved as a culture like hey slavery is not okay um you know all these things that it, and i, I don't want to get political because i i i understand again there's a lot of stuff going on right now but at the same time you know if you take a step back and you just look at the timeline and you look at everything that's happened are we where we need to be? Oh, God, of nope. course not. Nope. Of course not. But are we further than we were 60 years ago, 40 years ago, 100 years ago? My God, yes. Yep. I mean, just from everything that has transpired. And, you know, I, I get, again, I'm, I'm white. But I get the I get the You're a little more tan in my, <laughs> yeah. my view right now. I'm, but, a, I'm a dark white. Um, <laughs> no, I, I get the uh, frustration. I get it. Because you want things, you look at things and you, you think, well, what the fuck, man? We're, this is a free country. These things should all be equal. And I get that they're not in certain places. And I, I, you know, I, and it's easy as a white person to say, listen, have some patience. It's getting better. It's getting, it, it is getting better. And, you know, there's some, there's some outlying things that, that obviously put an exclamation point or a microscope or a, you know, a spotlight on certain things that say, oh shit, like this thing that happened to George Floyd was just absolute horseshit. Like the guy fucking murdered him. Yep. There's, I, I didn't hear a single person try to defend that cop. Not a single one. And I've got a lot of cop friends and not a single one of them defended the, the, the cop's mm -hmm. actions. They were like, yeah, that guy should be in jail. That was murder. That was straight up murder. And it was, and I don't know anyone who thinks differently. That's, that's the thing. So, so, and again, coming from a white person, my opinion is let that, let that process play out. If the guy gets off, then fucking burn the place down. Yep. yep. I mean, honestly, if that guy gets off, then, then something is wrong with this system and it needs to be fixed. But like the system is in place to penalize people that do things wrong. The guy's been arrested. He's now tried for, it was originally third degree murder. Now it's second degree murder. The guy's going to jail. Mm. There's no fucking doubt in my mind. And if he doesn't, so my only if he concern, then fucking burn Minneapolis yeah, to the ground. Yeah, my only concern, especially with the instance in Atlanta as well, is overcharging. Right, and that's a big. That's been a big issue in the past where they they cowtail to the 
to the mob mentality yeah, and, and like, overcharge, and then the guy gets off and it's like, because it like, was really third degree murder. That? They should, and then they shot right. for first degree murder. And it's, it's like, not, well, first it's not degree first murder. degree murder. Needs to be premeditated. Yeah. So you know, obviously, unless they were trailing this guy for a week and said, "Oh shit, you know, we need to kill this guy," but how are we going to do it? Unless that, unless that happens, first degree murder is off the table. Yeah. Like that's what first degree murder is. It's premeditation. Mm-hmm. Now, there is potentially a, a possibility of this Floyd thing being first-degree murder. These guys worked together for 17 years. Yeah. They knew each other. So, did he think, if I ever get a chance to fucking kill this guy, I'm going to? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But, but that's a tough, tough, one, to that's prove. A tough, tough thing one to, to prove. prove. Tough one to prove in the court. Unless he's yeah. told someone that or sent a text to someone saying that, that's going to be a tough thing to prove. Second-degree murder, sure. Go for it. Yeah. Get this fucker in jail. You know, keep him in jail the rest of his life. That that absolute, um, what do you call it? Uh, abuse of power is what needs to be fucking stopped. And yeah. they need to do a better job, in my opinion. I, I'm not a defund the police guy at all, but they do need to See, I, put I, in better. Yeah. yeah, I know you are. That's going to be a good you're, debate. Listen, this is the other thing: is you're allowed to disagree with yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. I'm allowed for to sure. disagree with you. It doesn't mean we can't be friends. And and that's that's the problem right now. I feel like with Are social you serious, media, dude. We're not friends anymore. And you know what though? But and you that might make your day. But um, <laughs> but here, but here's the thing. I feel like that people they're a lot bolder behind a keyboard. When you sit down and have a conversation with someone mm-hmm. and have actual discourse about something, I think the, the entire tone changes. The entire outcome changes. And you may not walk away agreeing with each other, but you at least get an opportunity to say, okay, well, at least I respect their opinion. I don't agree, but we're still friends. It's the idea of being the empath versus just being the keyboard warrior or trying to attack other people's views. I, I, I take that approach pretty much with, you know, like, obviously, if it's, if it's a stream conversation, like, we should have slavery. I should, I'm definitely going <laughs> to knock okay, that one you're down. A fucking but, <laughs> you know, when it, come, when it comes to these debate topics where I feel like there can be a middle ground, you know, taking the empath standpoint is... There doesn't even have is, to be middle ground. Well, you're yeah, allowed yeah. to have... I mean, that's what America's all about. You're allowed to have a difference of opinion. But you're also, you know, like you said, in the case of someone who believes in slavery, you're allowed to not fucking like that person. Yep. And that's generally... You're not going to hang out with someone who... But I think... At its, its core values are completely different. You're not going to hang out with someone whose core I, values are completely different than you. But where I think that it should be... How it should be handled is like, hey, I just don't like that person... I'm not going to hang out with that person. Sure. But Instead of trying to freaking di- cancel it, right, everything about that person. But a difference of opinion person, doesn't you know? mean you have to dislike that person. That's what, I, will that, have that to, too. I will have to find this article, but there there is an interesting article that I read. This was quite a few years ago, but it was about like how quickly this, like, well, how cancel culture affects the social media space, right? So like, yeah. let's let's say like, I'm like, Tyler, I, I hate you because you're from Michigan. I just can't support Michigan people. The, the time, if I'm an influencer, by the time I send my tweet that says, screw Tyler, he's from Michigan, it's too late for you to, like, battle off the spirit of influence, right? Like, yeah. my, my followers have already done it. They're just like, oh, I, I hate this guy. He's his football team select, so you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's too late for you to even respond to that, right? So that's why, like, social media, oftentimes, I, I, you know, I don't use it a whole lot. I question it sometimes, but that's why it's, it can be a construct for, like, a little bit of disruptive activity because the way, you know, it, it sticks, right? It sticks and based it on how many followers un- you have. It should be called media is what well, it should be called. Well, yeah, but that's, but that's the problem is, like, the moment that someone high up or an influencer doesn't like something, 
by the time you get a chance to defend yourself, dude, by the time yeah, there's no, yeah, there's it's no, there's no, there's no, there's no standing trial in front of you. Yeah, you might see the notification, and then you, but you're in a yeah. meeting and you can't even get to it for another two hours. Yeah. And by that time, it's you've got late. a million people that hate your guts. And I think that's the that's one of the issues with social media right now is like we have such a quick way of communicating, and getting word out that like if you if you hold this social power, like I don't, I have like <laughs> ten followers on Twitter, like who cares? But like well, if somebody with a million followers was like. Dude, dude, pull sucks. You know he gets too tan, or his lips suck. His <laughs> lips are chapped, or whatever. And, and <laughs> people are like, well, yeah, I hate him too because his lips get too chapped, and whatever. Like, you know, if, hey, if they attack you for that, they do get chapped. But by, by the time that you're allowed to be like, hey guys, like I, I forgot my sunscreen for the day, or whatever, it's but it's that's too late. But, but that's what I think. That's why I say it's on social media because the social construct is face to face. It's seeing someone's context. It's seeing their intonation is not the right word, but, but there, you can't read a text or a tweet and necessarily, unless you follow that person day to day, know what they mean by it. And, and there's a lot of comedians who have been burned by that, who that's their, that's their, you know, their shtick, but the wrong person who doesn't follow them, reads something, sends it around. And now they're canceled yep. when it was obviously a joke. If you ever followed their stuff, it was a joke. And I, you can never convince me that the comedy is not the the thing that helps break down barriers. Oh yeah. In my opinion, comedy is one of the most important things in this world because it it allows you to highlight absurdities. It allows you to highlight negative things. It allows you to highlight you know stuff that we normally call off limits, but you can put a spotlight on it in a funny way, and people are you know they take a step back and they understand okay this is a little absurd. We need to just loosen it up a little bit. And I, and I think that the social media is that barrier. Social media. <laughs> okay. So both of you guys, have okay. They, hey, the next refined version, we'll have a better it's time. Fine, it's fine. It's fine. I wanted to taste it. I just, <laughs> I'll leave this on the shelf. But I truly, <laughs> I truly believe social media is a, an amazing, powerful thing. You can find information, you can share information, stuff, news can travel quickly, but the problem is, is you've got these news agencies who are trying to battle social media for their clicks and for their, you know, relevancy still. So they create these crazy headlines. Well, and, and, and you, the headlines have gotten way out of control too. And if you click right. on the article, like, you'll see something that's been shared a million times. And people will be like bitching about the article. Oh my God, can you believe this? You click on the article and, and obviously the million people that have shared it and are outraged by it haven't read the article because the article doesn't actually have the same outrage that the headline has. Well, I, th I think I think Twitter is doing a good job of doing that because they have a new feature out where... Yeah, but I'm still something. seeing stuff. I'm still well, seeing stuff. It's, it, it's not, well, it's not there to, you know, and, and along with all these features, right? They're not designed to take care of 100% of the problem. They're going to they're going to tackle 15 to 20 and it's not a fact checking problem it. for me it's it's the it's the quick reaction that people see something they immediately accept it on the surface oh it's online it must be true and then they share it and then their 100 or 500 or a thousand followers see it and and maybe let's say half of them don't click on it yep. and, and they're they like outraged and they, and they share it and and, and, and it goes back to my example effect. right with this wave of things but like for, for me it's like i i have a policy on on most on most things I will read, you know, 
I will read an article from both sides. You know, if, if it's a political argument, I'll, I'll read it from the left. I'll read it from the right. Yeah. You know, for, so for every, you know what I try to do is I'll go to international sites sometimes. Okay. And, and get that's, a, that's get another fair. take. So for every, you know, for every Daily Wire article I read, I will read Daily Beast. And yeah. you know, for every, you know, whatever, like for every I'll, I'll CNN, read. you'll read a Fox News. Yeah. For every, and, and and it's interesting because if you do that, you'll see. Holy shit! Different angles. It's crazy, and it, you, you know what's interesting? What I what I saw, and it's probably been a year and a half now. Wall Street Journal, at at places that I travel to, they'll have USA Today and they'll have Wall Street Journal. Both of those newspapers, depending on where you are, will change their headlines. Oh, interesting! I, didn't I did not know. That. No, it's nuts. It is completely I nuts. I always thought WSJ was just like a common like. You know, so no, so so what was interesting is, and I still remember it was. Um, it was border wall talk, Trump, border wall talk. Oh. And I was in Texas and the Wall Street Journal and USA Today, both, I think they both used the same AP article, but they both put it into a, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember exactly, but it was, I was, I was training in Dallas and it said Trump, um, Trump, something about basically having a hard line on border wall, blah, 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 blah. And that was the same day I go home to Columbus and the Columbus newspaper, the version, the USA Today, or it might have been the Wall Street Journal, um, basically said Trump softens his stance on, it was the same oh, day. Interesting. Okay. And it was the same, it, it was the same article. It would have to come out at like 4 a.m. and get, be distributed to. But it, what was interesting is that the picture was different. One of them, Trump was standing there like, you know, looking, you know, like he's making like a firm kind of grat. And the other one, he's shaking the hand of someone. And it was two completely different pictures, two completely different headlines, same article. And it was a newspaper. It was a printed newspaper. And That's it, nuts. Yeah. And I've got, a, I've got pictures of it in my phone. I'd have to really dig for it, but I've got pictures of it in my phone because I, I took a picture of it, put them together. And I was just like, holy shit, this is crazy. Because it, I, and I the only reason I would have even seen it was that and and the weirdest thing is when i saw it i almost was like holy shit like was thinking it was a different day but then i was like wait i just saw that this morning, this morning yeah. and it was nuts because it was two completely different uh areas of the country same day publishing from a national publication different headlines different picture hmm. that's crazy yeah and, and that's what i mean like they know who their audience is yeah and and what that should tell people. And from that day forward, because I used to just kind of like, oh, I'd watch the news. Didn't really care if it was CNN, Fox News, whatever. I would just read whatever came up on my timeline or on my news app or whatever. And from that day forward, I was just like, holy shit, man. Like, I, I started doing that. I started looking at CNN. I started looking at Fox. And, and they'll cover the same exact information. And they'll have a completely different spin on it. And obviously, Fox is more conservative. CNN's a little more liberal. And they, um, and they make no bones about that. It's not like it's, it's not like it's a secret, right? But it's so, funny because the people who who uh, religiously follow those will tell you that they're the real news, and and yeah. they're all the real news, but they just all have their own spin on yeah. it. I think I, it's uh, so personally, interesting. Personally, I think the fake news thing is like a little it's a little silly because like well, it, it's 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 silly, but it's it's true. You'll sit there and you'll read something, and then you'll actually go and like like for example. Like, how many times this year have we had fake news where, for example, uh, I think it was CBS did a thing where it was talking about the 
um, oh, they were they were basically sounding the alarm of how crazy hospitals were and how over overpacked with COVID patients they were. Blah blah blah. And they showed pictures and and it was actually a, a, a video. It wasn't a news article. Mm-hmm. It was a video. It was on their actual CBS. I news. think I think but I know. They were using it, footage yes, from Italy. That's what that's what it was. Yeah. It, so, but they were and they were trying to pass it off as as the United States. And um, then another one with ABC News when they took the explosions in a Kentucky gun show uh, <laughs> ammo thing, mm. and they tried to pass it off as as uh, like uh, Middle East or or Eastern European uh, warfare happening. Mm. And you're just like, what the... So, they're, so, so they're just is, taking stock footage. It's also interesting one. I, I read one about... I did read about the CBS News do, using the Italian hospital footage. Um, Fox, when they had the Seattle... What is it? They have like an autonomous zone? or like a, Well, they yeah, did. Yeah, it's been zone. shut down now. It was but, Chop and Chaz, depending they, on who you talk to. They, they either showed a doctored image or something of that just to get the narrative going right so like i know both i know both sides of the yeah. outlets will, well will use that kind of stuff right? well cnn actually uh played a video of a guy walking through it making it seem like it was all peaceful and blah 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 blah. you guys hacked? and then no no it was it was all they showed was this peaceful thing but then they showed someone else published a video of that guy recording it and then basically turned his camera around and there were like people getting beat up <laughs> right behind it <laughs> <laughs> like literally right behind it. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Like, so, so news you, is you whatever know it, they yeah. want to frame. Yeah. And, and you know what happens is, on both sides. But yeah. And, and that's what you, you mean. I'm holding my hands up in like the, the shape of like a, of a frame, a, you know, a TV frame or a, a movie frame. And that's the thing. That's all you're capturing when you're using a camera. You're capturing this and you can decide when it starts and when it ends. You're not capturing what's happening behind you, beside you. You're not capturing what yeah. happened 15 minutes before, 15 minutes after. So you can make it look however you want. You could have, you know, you could have a murder scene that you recorded. The murder was 20 minutes long, and you could record 10 minutes before that and make it look like a peaceful situation. You know, and that's that's the problem that we get. And, and depending on which news outlet you're in and what your narrative is that day, you know, you can display what you want to display. And you see it all the time. You see it all the time. And they'll, they'll, they'll use it in political ads. They do the exact same thing where they show just a, a snippet of something completely out of context where someone says something racist or they say something that they're going to do something with taxes or they're going to do something with a policy like a foreign policy or, you know, the wall or, or whatever. And they take a snippet of it when they might have been saying, you know, I hate that he keeps saying build that wall. And then all you see in the political ad is build that wall. <laughs> but right before it, he says, I hate that they keep saying, you know what I mean? Like, so, so yeah. like yep. the same, they used to do the same thing with movie uh, reviews. Mm-hmm. So a review would say, you know, something negative, but in the negative, they would have a sarcastic comment of best film of the year. <sighs> like it'll say definitely not the best film of the year. And then the, the, definitely the trailer, dot, dot, dot. the trailer will just say best film of the year quotes USA today, even though it said definitely not the best film of the year. And they would just use the best film of the year. It quotes <laughs> USA today. Like they used to do that all the time and they would get busted for that all the time. Trailers. When you would see those things that say best film of the year, this, that, and the other, they would just basically wow. just take a half of a sentence. And it's, I mean, you, it's, it's been going on for years. It's not just like it's new infor- or new situations, but, but these news agencies realize they have to compete with social media, which has your attention immediately. You know, you're on Facebook all day long. You're on Instagram all day long. They have Twitter all day long. You have to compete with those. And so to compete with those, they make up these crazy headlines and they, that's where clickbait came from. You know, you, so you have these clickbaits where, oh shit, I'm going to click on that. And then it's nothing like what you just saw in the headline. Mm-hmm. 
Like it, it might be a portion of it, but then, you know, the rest of it's saying the complete opposite. It, it's, it's absolutely nuts what our media is doing today and our news is doing today. It's, it's crazy. That's why social discourse in person, I think, is yeah. so, it's a lost art. It's, it's something that, it's why I love listening to the Joe Rogan podcast because he has people on with completely different points of views and they, they get along. And then you hear a week later, they talk about it and, and you hear that they're friends. And you're like, whoa, different points of view and your friends? That would never, that would never happen. Like right? Joe Rogan you know? and Ben it's Shapiro like, are friends. You're like, what? They don't agree on things, but holy cow, they're friends. Yeah. Like if that happened in, in Facebook, they'd hate, they, they'd both block each other. Yeah. You know, or, or Twitter or Instagram, you know what I mean? Like they wouldn't follow each other. They'd, oh, I don't like what he has to say. I'm going to unfriend him. Like it's, it's absolutely nuts. It's one of my just biggest pet peeves are people that are just, in my opinion, overly um, vocal about whether it's politics to or try whatever. to prove something just on, on social media i'm just like no one cares about this like i don't want to i don't want to log on here i want to know about what's going on in your life i don't want to know about this about your beliefs on every little thing yeah yeah right i or mean this is an, we're not talking about <laughs> we're not talking about like once a month or like oh, yeah. i'm talking about the people Twice that are day. left and right and i'm and i'm just like I can't handle it. So uh, you'll so it, you'll know me if I ever share an article or something. It'll it'll you definitely it. be after you've I've edited it. it yeah. After I've thought yeah. about it. After I've been like, hey, this actually makes sense. And I and, and you know I was talking I was telling dude I don't I don't I try not to do that because that's not a that's not the kind of social that I promote anyways right like I'm more my social is more focused on like gym stuff or cooking yeah. stuff. Or, I made a know, mistake whatever. of posting some but, COVID stuff a couple of times, which it's which is funny. I got destroyed Ooh. about them, but in hindsight, now they're right. <laughs> That's the funniest part about it. I'm like, yeah, all right. I mean, half of my family's in fucking medicine. I was getting in, inside information. Mm. Okay. I will say that. And then I'd find an article that, that matched what I was getting, and then I would just get destroyed on Facebook. I'm like, guys, I've got actual information here. This isn't just what I'm getting from the news. I'm getting this from the medical profession. So, so without getting too far into the COVID things, I know it's going to be, it's going to rustle, yeah. rustle some feathers. Um, are, are you still on the thought that this was like a, like an engineer? I've never thought of? it was a hoax. Okay. Well, yeah, ever. no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying yeah. like, I've thought it was a media, a media, you know, let's not let a good uh, uh, crisis go to waste. Okay. Okay. You know, I thought both sides, you know, the conservative and the, the uh, liberal side have both totally tried to, uh, you know, jump on board with this thing in their own ways. Yeah. But I think I do agree. It's a real disease. It is killing off the elderly people and the people that have, um, you know, immune compromised systems. Um, I, I think that our initial reaction was fine. It was too much in hindsight, but we mm, didn't okay. know that. It, we didn't know that at the time. Um, when you look at places like Sweden who didn't do anything, they just did social distancing, said, wash your hands, social distance. People who are, that know they are at risk, stay home. But you also have to look at, so people also point to. They had a, place a crazy like, spike and then well, it's, it's now died down. We're, but, our, we're having our second wave you, now. You also have to look at a place like South Korea. So people point to South Korea. They had a, and they had a second spike too. Man. But, right. uh, but, but, I'll, but that's, not the, that's not my point. My point is, is culturally, they self-govern themselves much better than Americans. They so follow, that, follow so orders. So people, people just want... And for this can be just stretched across a, a broad spectrum, but especially with COVID, people want 
the country to react in a way that it's just not gonna happen. And they just keep wishing it into well, here's, existence. Here's the thing that frustrates me happen. most: is first off, the virtue signalers who, oh, if you wear, if you don't wear a mask, you're killing my grandmother. Fuck you. No, I'm not. Yeah. Your grandmother should be staying in her fucking house. This is a serious thing for them. They yeah. shouldn't be going out and about. And if we would have done this right from the get go, New York is the one exception then we would have social distanced. We wouldn't have shut down the government. We would have, or the, the country, we would have let people do their thing. And I guarantee you people would have followed the, the, the protocols better. Had we not told them they had to stay in their house for two yeah, months. Yeah. I think, well, social, I, guarantee think, I think promoting social distancing, even during flu season would have been interesting. Sure. Because sure. It's like, because here's the thing is like, I, I didn't know this, but people are like, Ooh, you should, you should wash your hands. It's like, yeah. Are you, you fucking, they're the same people should, that yeah. you see, take a shit yeah, in a public yeah, bathroom yeah. and walk right out I, and go back to their, and, d- back to their meal and eat. And that's, the, that's, and that's fucking the, disgusting. And that's the gross thing is like, I, yeah. you know, I've been to quite a bit of airports in my lifetime. Like probably, you know, just how many people walk like, out of the bathroom without yeah, washing their hands, is, no matter what they the do. Fucking Super airport. messed up. And it's like, it's like, guys, like you're getting on a plane where the air will be circulated inside no, of this you know, aircraft. But you know what? That's time, actually, right? that is a false thing. Oh, is that? Yes. Yeah, so oh, it's one know, of the cleanest air that you will ever oh, okay, breathe. We'll it's but, filtered. But either way, dude, dude who's taking a crap, yeah. he just gets there's out of the still, bathroom. There's, just, there's, okay. there's still 200 people gotta, in this Got to run to my gate, frame. guys. You know, it's, it's not, it's Listen, not yeah, No, but, you're right. And then they're touching the, they're touching the seat back. They're touching their, their handles. They're touching the, the tray table and, and they haven't washed their hands. So their bacteria, their feces is on that, that stuff. I'll say though for like South Korea, and stuff where or it, it, Asian countries in general even when I was in Japan uh, two winters ago they they had face masks just kind of, kind of normally right yeah. and like the, the culture there is accepted as if you know if you're if you feel sick you put on a mask and that's yeah. I know it's not the same over here well, but he, even, well here's the thing and, and this is the thing that people are forgetting they're talking about the 70% effectiveness of masks but what they're not saying is that's bacterial transmission. That's not viral transmission. There is not a single study in this, in this world that shows that masks have a positive uh, impact on viral transmission. Not a single one. There's not a single study, bl- double blind, all that stuff, that shows against viral transmission mm-hmm. that face masks do anything. Not a single thing. There's a whole bunch of them that show that bacterially, bacterial transmission is prevented and stuff like that. But the viruses go right through these things. Mm. And, and, and when you add in the fact that people are not wearing their masks correctly, they're touching their noses, they're touching their face, they're adjusting them all the That's time. That's the biggest thing with and, me. And they're not wearing N95 specifically fitted for their face and their body, or they have a beard or a, or a goatee like you do. It, you're basically, even if it was going to do any good, it's not going to now because of the way you're doing things. And it's, it, it's, I, th- I, so I, I think looking back on it, if we really, well, it's hard to say cause we didn't really understand the virus. So if we were to look back and say, listen, this is obviously is going to affect elderly and we those didn't, with, we didn't know that yes, immediately. Yes. I mean, we did so within the first month. So hindsight, yes. But if if that was to go back and I mean, but you, we could have sat there and said like any any sickness is probably going to affect elderly right, a lot but the more. Flu, so the let's flu do, kills young people. Yeah, that COVID doesn't. 
the flu kills young people, young like kids. The COVID doesn't. Yeah. So, I mean, there's honestly less than a hundred kids worldwide that have died from this. Yeah. And if they did, they had something else going on, like leukemia or diabetes or something like that. Yeah. You know, and that's another fucking clickbait bullshit headline that I read. It said something like 17 year old, perfect, healthy kid dies of COVID. You click on the article. He had diabetes. He's not perfectly fucking yeah, healthy. Not, yeah. That's a comorbidity right there. Yeah. And that's exactly what COVID attacks. So bullshit. Yeah. Don't post a fucking but, headline like that. That pisses like that pisses me off. Sure. That is irresponsible. Yeah, that is. I, so m- w- with my thing is is I'm always about self governance, which is just impossible I in this com- cover. In no, this, but I completely agree with and, you. And, and it might be just silly for me to, to, to think this, knowing that in this country that's just not really a thing that's going to happen. But if you feel that you have um, a chance of catching it and you're worried about it, take the necessary steps right. yourself. You know what you're saying right now? Your health is your responsibility. <laughs> yeah. It's that's, not, cra- that's crazy. It's not my responsibility if to make you sure want you're to, healthy. If, if you, if you wa- want to work with elderly, you must do this. If you don't, but you know what? You know what irritates me? You cannot me? work here. Let's just say that we end up at two hundred thousand deaths in this country from COVID. More people die from smoking in this country. But yet we're going to govern the fuck out of this thing because of because of that, like. You're not regulating. You're okay with people killing themselves with smoke, and that's killing other people too because of secondhand Same. smoke and different things like that. You're you're okay with letting people smoke. Now we've regulated it, sure, but it's yeah, still killing more people I, than COVID is. I think through regulations, though, we've significantly re- like because every every it's still thing, killing more people than COVID well, is. My argument, Even my if we get to two hundred thousand people, my this argument year. would be like every kind of activity that you do doesn't matter what it is. You know, has a baseline mortality rate. So right. Like, so smoking and this one has is, a particularly and, and COVID, high one. COVID is less uh, than one percent. Now for the elderly, it's higher. And so here's the thing. We want to reach herd immunity, and, and we're making that difficult by the way that we're governing this. Mm. We're not going to reach... Within the first month, we saw reports of Italy, and, and what are the differences between Italy? Oh, their median age is higher. They smoke more. Blah, blah, blah. They, so those things were already known a month into this. That should have been an immediate change to the approach to this to say, okay, here it is. We cannot... because. Because I will venture to say that more lives have been ruined based on the way we've treated this than COVID has ruined. I will venture to say that. I have no factual information on that, but I will, I will venture to say that more lives in this country have been ruined by the way that we handled this with suicides, domestic violence, bankruptcies, lost businesses. All these different things have happened during this time because of the way we handled this. So what are we your thoughts, Mark? We could have easily your, kept... I, I will say The Sweden from, model has proven to be brilliant. And that's what uh, England tried to do until they, they reached social backlash. I like how, I like how Tyler could tell from my... From my uh, no, I know that you have a like, different point. No, yeah, I have a complete... No, I got view, Dudo so here. My, shut up. My, one of my biggest, one of my biggest gripes... Should. One of my biggest gripes about it is I was never a huge believer in this, like, corporate bailout kind of stuff. So, like, ma- mainly because it can be abused. It's not because, yeah. you know, like... So, I think on the surface it's brilliant because here's my here's my reason for that, and I'll let you go back to your okay. statement. Yeah, absolutely. Is I feel like this is, I, this I is social my, discourse. This right. is civil discourse. Right so here. so my feeling is if if you pay a company, then people will have a job to go back to when mm-hmm. this is all over with. If they do it right, like you said, abuse obviously on the surface, if you pay a company and they do it the correct way, people have a job to go back to at the end of it. If you pay a person 
and the job that they have goes know. out of business, yeah. then they then big deal. You paid that person because now, oh great, you got them through three months, but now they have no job. So that's my initial thought. So, so you, from an infrastructure standpoint, this is what this is what irked me the most. It's not about companies getting this bailout money and, and you know, who, who were able to support jobs. There were two things that irked me. One thing was you had companies that did not pay U.S. taxes that got yes. the bailout. So you had these cruise ship companies. If you're a multinational yeah. company, and I, and you I'm should like, not give a Yeah, a and I'm like, you're dime. in Jamaica. Like, what what, is, what does that help? You know, you don't pay any taxes in the... Are they employing here. Americans? I, they are. To me, to but, me, it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, but, I mean, to a, to a point, the companies are only paying, what, a 7% of corporate tax rate? So at the same time... Yeah. Um, I don't have a problem with a, a low corporate um, tax rate either because that allows them to employ more humans, which are then paying taxes for the country. Right. So uh, either way, you're getting your taxes. I, I don't have a problem with that. And you're, you're stimulating the economy better. The but other one was this gamification where, like, as soon as they announced that they had this small business bailout thing... All of a sudden, these companies started popping up. I mean, you, and you have new LLCs. Well, and who was who was one of the big ones that took advantage of that? They ended up giving Air, their money back because it was, they it was an airline. It was like a fake well, there airline was a, corporation. Well, there was also an actual uh, oh uh, Ruth Chris because right? okay. they applied for each location versus the company as a whole. Right, mm-hmm. but I think right. even still under the small business, they still employed less people and still still technically qualified, but they didn't need it. Yeah, and that was the big backlash. I think if yeah, I remember yeah. correctly, it's I, been a couple months. So yeah, that's so handling handling that was I, I was a little questionable about that but again the figures are conflicting and it's it's hard to tell how much money was in the ether or kind of lost through that whole concept well, well did you see how many people ended up getting a check who were dead yeah, yeah. it was something but, you know, but it was based on last year's tax. Sure. so if they died in that time which is what they the headline but, didn't say yeah you know but, but like someone couldn't verify that like there's no process to verify sometimes it's, sometimes it's actually hard to tell yeah so surprisingly until I'll, the next year that's why they ask you the questions is this yeah. person did this person die in the last 12 months you know like it'll actually your taxes yeah. when you when you fill out your forms it asks you that's that stuff so, so yeah as much as surprises it might surprise you is like in in terms of like our the way our current government is run like i i will love more technology i'm like always a big proponent of it yeah um, but they it, are a little bit it, behind yeah. in the ages. Yeah, it's for big, sure. Is a big brother? Sure, we toss that out. But like you know, in terms of efficiency, though, in, in verifying whether people have died or not, like you know, we have records of people dying. We yeah. don't have an API that ties it into the taxes or application ties it into, program yeah. interface that yeah, yeah. ties it into some database Thank where somebody has died to defining that to, to the yeah, rest to, of the world to be able to clarify that. So that that's a that's a big disconnect, and that's one thing I feel like we have a huge opportunity. It's like we have more technologists or more. Tech, well, and that's kind of what you're doing, right? Yeah, With, you're trying the, to apply APIs in, to in, the the what is it the housing the, the market? market and stuff yeah. Like, yeah, and and that's and that's like a simple thing. But like what what we're finding out is you know even from talking to people that are not in Ohio, you know, like I one of my examples I was talking earlier, my the guy was selling me the iPhone. He yeah. He moved to Atlanta for a job. He hates iPhone. He got, he got this iPhone, you know, because he got this signing bonus and was like, I want to get this thing. And he hates it. And I'm like, yes, please sell this to me. Like I need it. Yeah. And, uh, but when he, when he got to his job, he, he's from like a little county in Alabama. Right. And, and he's, they got to do a background check. So you got to go to your birth county or whatever. He gets the first day on the job. They're like, Oh, we can't actually let you work because we don't have your background check. He's like, it's been, it's been like a month and a half. Like what, what's going on? calls into the office it's some old lady like flipping through you know doing it by hand articles right? she's and, got yeah. she's got like 50 <laughs> of these to go and he's like well when am i going to be able to do my job and he's like well i won't get to it for another month or something you know that's whatever. fucking crazy and i'm like holy shit like this is 2020 like you could you could build a solution for that 
and you could solve that problem, right? right? Yeah, no, we'll, you're right. We'll, they probably we'll, have fifty we'll other. Dolores, we'll Dolores lose her job. We'll Dolores, you know, I'm worried about that. But like, but again, it's sure. like from but a will Dolores standpoint. find something else to possibly do? Who yeah, knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. But that's so. So one of the things, and I think that that brings me back to this whole COVID thing that I think has been highlighted by all of this. And whether you agree with Trump or don't agree with Trump, one of the things that I think everyone will will agree with is we don't produce shit here anymore. Yep. And I think that that was very evident when we couldn't get face masks. We couldn't get, you know, certain things in well, this country. Actually, let me, I, I will, I will do a little bit of an anti China tale on that. I one. just threw face masks out there. I don't okay. know if that's an actual that's thing, um, but their medicines, for example, we get a lot of our medicines from China, which is just crazy. We get a lot of our product production stuff from China and because they want to save a dollar per unit, like, is, is it really worth making ourselves cut off from the world and, and not able to fulfill our own things just to I save have, a dollar? I have, I have many opinions on this, which is great. Um, is this globalization versus nationalization well, type of thing when it comes to productivity? or what it's do you little, Well, it's a little bit, but also it's, you know, I, again, painting China in negative light. It's kind of my thing now. Whatever. We just do it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's, uh, I, I asked you earlier what you thought the source of the virus was. Because I was generally oh, curious. Yeah, I never did really thought. answer that, do you? Yeah, I do so. think it was. I, I do think it was engineered in a lab. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was on purpose released to the world. I yes. think they. I think they engineered it in a lab to do research and find out things about it. I don't think that they're malicious or dumb enough to release this out into the world. I don't even know if it was necessarily engineered or maybe it was found well, somewhere I, there's a, and there's brought a into the lab. There's a Norwegian scientist who's backed up by two or three different major agencies who says he can now prove that it's been engineered. So what I what I have found through through my is digging is it Norwegian? Is that correct? I don't I don't know. I'm pretty sure I, it's a Norwegian scientist. I know who says he can prove just by the fact that there's too many things that don't happen naturally in this virus that he can prove that it's a and basically a man-made virus. Yeah. And and supposedly now here's where you blur the lines of conspiracy theory versus mm -hmm. other things. There have been other people that have said that if you just look at the virus and how it functions and how it attaches to the proteins and different things like that that it is very, very, very tough for something like this to have happened in 20 years from, what is this, SARS-2? Yeah. Yep. From SARS-1, it just generally, for the most part, doesn't evolve that quickly. And, oh. and But some of the other things about how well it attaches to proteins and different things like that, like it's a perfect storm. So I'm 50-50 on it. So like, you know, half of me believes that like, yeah, when you, when you get all these zoo animals together and they eat each other's <laughs> wet feces market type and stuff. crap, you know, and, and, yeah, I've, but, and but I've been to the, a wet market. The contact tracing though shows that they don't uh, think it really came from a wet market. Well, but that's still what they're I've, pushing. And I've been to one. So it's, it's disgusting. Uh, well, it's, I've heard it's, it's disgusting. Just, I've never seen one. It is like nothing like it's nothing like anything I've ever seen before because I, how much are they accepted in China, Chinese culture? It's though? A, it's, it's, a, it's a thing because you got to think like when the cultural revolution happened, right? Everybody was super poor and they kind of went to the government like, Hey, um, you know, we can kill snakes in our backyard, but the snakes taste like fish, you know, or whatever. Like, can, yeah, we, can, yeah. we, can we harvest these? So when the government allows that, there's this new kind of business being being able to brought up. So they're like, yeah, farmers, like, cool. If you want to kill snakes, bring them into the in town, sell them. Sure, want to kill? I don't know what foxes or 
bats yeah. or whatever. And it became a huge It became industry. a huge thing. So now you have People this, from all over the world yeah. were coming in to taste exotic meats and taste yeah. these different things and, from all over the world. And that, from an epicenter standpoint, is like, you know, it started as like a domestic way of keeping yourself afloat. But then you got, you know, you got rich man dude who's like, oh, right. I, got, I got my crazy job from America. I'm going to go fly into Wuhan and taste some bats, right? He eats the wrong bat. He gets messed up. He, or, or, pangolin whatever, or, pangolin or whatever. Or whatever. But so that's, that's, that's like part of the thought that I have. The other part of it is, you know, when, I, when I've been digging into it, so that Wuhan does have a vir- like a virology research lab. Yep. And um, there is a web archive, thank goodness for the internet, because that does exist. Um, there's a job posting from November 18th. Uh, 2019. So last year around November, they were looking for someone who had extreme knowledge in uh, what is it, SARS, or was it SARS two and 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 coronaviruses in general, or bat induced viruses or whatever. So this has now since been scrubbed from the internet because China has amazing power and is able to get rid of that from certain things. But screenshots exist, and you know I have read it, and it's like, hey, we need someone doctoral degree who has knowledge of these things right now why would this go up in november and here we are in february kind of propagating this right well here's here's the other thing that you know did you read the article that says france has proven through archived chest scans that they had coronavirus this version of it in november of last year i i wouldn't disagree with that because um i had a i actually had a friend from cleveland and, uh, you know, he, he and I were on a Zoom call uh, probably a couple months ago. And he's like, hey, I listen, I, you know, I was really sick in December. And he was, he was like on the bed. Like this was a, you know, he thought it was really bad flu, right? He lost something like 14 pounds. And he just, he couldn't eat. He was, had a headache all the time. And he's like, I think it was COVID. And There's a lot of like, people that think that. You know, My mom thinks that. And back in December, my, uh, a couple Dylan of people. Dylan wouldn't got anybody tested. He has it. Name. has the antibodies yeah but i again i don't know the reliability of the well tests. there's there's two nwn acceptable uh tests out there right now quest diagnostics and lab core the two and they have a 99 percent um what's the word accuracy uh no it's accuracy isn't the word they use it's like positivity rating or something like mm-hmm. that or or uh sensitivity rating i think is what they call it and um and it has to be above 97 to be an acceptable uh antibody test and Quest Diagnostics and LabCorp are the only two that are NWN uh, certified. And so they are supposed to be pretty accurate. So, mm. and now granted, you have that potential of having false positives with that 1%, you know, in yeah. there. But, you know, one out of 100 is going to have a false positive. Um, but yeah, so, so I was reading about that the other day too, and I thought that was interesting. I went and got my LabCorp antibody test and it was negative. So I've... It surprised the hell out of me because I've been to uh, San Francisco in late February. Oh wow! Well, I was that's, in, that's very close. Yeah, and I was in uh, and I was on, in planes and airports. T- so you know, people that might have been walking around with it were in my. But I I've always been good about washing my hands and and not just touching random shit, licking yep. you know handrails and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, um, so I was in Boston the first week of March. And that was when the big Biogen thing happened and there were hundreds of people and that became an epicenter. I was in Miami in late January. Mm. I was in St. Louis a couple times this year before the shutdown. And like all these places were decent little hotbeds of, of COVID. And then I was at the Arnold the yep. second weekend in, in, uh, well, in well, March. That was there too. So, yeah. And now granted, it, it was funny because everyone and I was one of them was bitching about them shutting it down for spectators. But could you imagine? I mean, people come from all over the world for that. 
and and even uh, athletes come from all over the world, and a lot of them, almost all of the international athletes, canceled. I think it's I think it's heartbreaking that from the Arnold standpoint that you couldn't have an audience watching you. I but I like th- a, and they were pissed. But I think in hindsight now they probably, probably like, good. Oh, it, probably good. I yeah. bet you for the first two weeks after it happened, they were looking for a new location, new city that wouldn't have reacted that way. But I think in hindsight now, it's probably they've the, got to be thinking, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I can't imagine you do not the, the bullet we we dodged on that one because if people were coming from Columbus, would have been Ohio, would have been a hotbed. Yeah. It would have been for sure. People coming from all over the world for this thing. And a lot of them canceled their plans to come based on the governor saying, yeah, we're canceling the Arnold. Then a couple of days later said, okay, we're going to keep the Arnold, but it's only going to be competitors. No, uh, no, you know, uh, spectators, even though the rogue stage somehow had thousands of people watching. I, I was not going to comment on that, yeah. but they, I don't had, know how that they had quite a few folks <laughs> yeah. show up. Well, there were definitely people trying to figure out ways to game the system. We even thought about it, but we never did it. Well, enforcement was terrible because yeah. the first night when I helped set up, I walked straight into power or uh, into weightlifting. Well, set up and set up the, the and it's always been that ye- that way every year. the The few days before they actually open, weightlifting is still happening, but yet they so they don't have the same regulation because the floor is not technically open yet. Mm. Weightlifting starts before the exhibit or exhibition center starts. So you can walk in and out of it and just say, oh, hey, I'm here to set up this or set up that. And you can get in and out Uh, until the floor opens. Then they get really, really, really strict Mm. about who gets in, who gets out. But this year you couldn't get on unless you were an athlete or a a volunteer. Okay. So uh, and they canceled the exhibition hall altogether. So if you weren't having some sort of competition, you like and that put a couple companies under couple of companies went under yeah. because of that. But obviously, in hindsight, um, they made yep. the right decision because it would have been, this would have been a hotbed. We probably all I, would have had it. Uh, honestly, I, I had some I had some lifters I wanted to meet this year. That was that was for sure. sure. You know, you Those see them on next social year, media, just like, hey, I can't wait to come to the Arnold. Well, Tyler thinks he had COVID in January. Damn. Uh, February. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> was that Stephanie's birthday? Was that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Really bad respiratory. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get your antibodies? It's ten dollars, man. Go get a go get a test at Lab. Well, I can now. I'm saying, go get your antibody test. Sure. It's ten dollars. Okay. How much is it? Ten bucks. Ten bucks. All right. Excellent. It's ten dollars. Only ten. Ten dollars. Okay. Ten dollars. That's so, like that is you know that's not going to buy you a bottle of bourbon, but it's yeah it, it will get you an antibody test for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I we got a little more political than I expected to. It, it happens. I, I I kind of imagined it would, but, but here's I just. I, I truly believe at the heart of all of this, and we've said this a couple of times, is just being able to talk to people in person. I, I've tried to, I've withdrawn a lot from Facebook and, and stuff just because I don't want to re- reply to people. I'll reply to some people back home <laughs> that I know don't have anything to do with my business up here or anything like that, just to be like, okay, you're an idiot. You know, but for the most part, I don't, I don't say anything on Facebook anymore, especially like that, yeah. because it's not worth it and it's not worth getting canceled or whatever you want to call it it's just not it's just not worth it i mean whatever and i think it's funny because the information changes on a weekly basis oh yeah yeah and you can find you can find things where they said masks aren't helpful and now they're they say wear a mask but you even have fauci saying well masks don't really help however it's a courtesy I'm I like, still, well, if it I doesn't still help, do. how's that a courtesy? I, I still believe in it. You know, I, I told you my parents. And you're allowed to believe in it. You know, it. my parents come visit and that's your, me. That's your right. They stay, in the, they stay in the driveway and then they peace out. You know, that and they're listen, being Listen, I, I have no problem with that. Your parents are how old? 
uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna hit seventy pretty soon. So yeah, my parents are in their seventies, and I I invited my parents on vacation with me when all this was dying down, and then it started flaring up again, especially in Florida. And I said, listen, guys, if you don't want to go, I totally understand. And they're like, no, they're like, screw this, we're we're going. They're like, we don't care. Now my dad did have a couple points in that during the trip where he wanted to go home, mm-hmm. and I'm like, listen, if you want to go home, go home, do what you need to do to feel safe. I said, but you are just staying in the house. You're not really going out and interacting with people. We went to a couple of restaurants, but those restaurants were very good. They're taking, guidelines, or they're taking precautions. Yeah, he was wearing his mask in and out. He, um, you know, we didn't stay. They were all open air restaurants. Um, we didn't stay for very long. We, uh, you know, the, we went at times when it wasn't super busy. And we went to restaurants that were actually observing social distancing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Florida, uh, we went to the grocery store when we first got there and it was freaking nuts. I, no. Pe- no one was wearing a mask not even the workers oh, and it was packed wall to wall I was like holy shit how is this a- able to happen well I think I think DeSantis was a little more relaxed about his initial response right? yeah so but, it, but it's, like it's he's gonna, responded differently it's, since but people yeah. I think it's because people were on vacation and they're just like you know what I'm living this COVID nightmare where I'm from I'm gonna go down there and just live a normal life for a week yeah. and I think that's what they were doing and I, and I hope you know that that that's not going to be a negative thing. However, we're starting to see now that, that it's over 99% of the people that contract this survive. Uh, that's not the same percentage for elderly. It's not the same percentage for people who have health problems, but overall snapshot over 99% of the people who get this survive. Um, does that mean every, the three of us would survive if we get it? Who knows? We might have some, I mean, I have an autoimmune disease. I have Mm -hmm. a, a psoriasis, um, so it could hit me crazy. I have no idea. And that's why like, I hope the fact that I stay healthy and lift and eat well and things like that and work out that my body would respond better to it. I don't know. I haven't had a serious flu or illness in a few years. It's, I mean, it's been more than a few years and I hope that's why, but who knows? I yeah. Mean, I think it's been, it's, it's been two plus years since I've had any like keep me in bed kind of, yeah. kind of flu situations, but I don't know. And I know that there's other things too, like O blood blood type is not being affected nearly as bad as the other blood types. Like anyone who has O blood type is, I'm not saying they're immune to it because like Brett had it, for example, and he had like a day where he was sick, but most of the people that have O blood type are just Mm, okay. Just okay. It'd be interesting to pull up the facts on how many O blood type people have died from this. You know, taking away like comorbidities and, and people yeah. who are uh, elderly, but it would be interesting to see if they have that type of well, you information. You just cut out ninety percent there, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, honestly, that's that is about what is it? Uh, nursing homes are like forty percent of the deaths or something like that. Um, COVID deaths. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's just forty percent right there. Could you imagine? I was I was actually surprised that Dewine would. You know, obviously under guidelines, but he would kind of semi reopen nursing homes at this point. I I thought that was a little bit, a little bit surprising. Yeah. What did you see the Washington or no the New York Times uh, that when we hit a hundred thousand deaths, they posted the hundred thousand names on their front page of the New York Times. Oh wow! And people went through and like audited that and found people that were dying of gunshot wounds and things like that that weren't even COVID deaths that were listed Thanks. as COVID deaths in the hundred thousand. I'm like, come on. So they got tested after they got shot, had COVID, and they were considered a COVID death. I'm like, come on. That's that's absolutely ridiculous. Like, now, Burks and the whoever the head of uh, the health department in Illinois 
are both on video saying, yeah, if, if they die of something that, you know, hard, of, hard to breathe, heart attack, you know, uh, different pneumonia, things like that, we're calling it a COVID death, even without having a positive test. Also, they're considering it a COVID death if they test positive of COVID, but they die of anything else. Like, you don't technically die of COVID, but if you die of something that wasn't COVID-related and you test positive of COVID, they were also calling it a COVID death. Mm, interesting. But they were, hospitals are kind of being forced into that because they were being forced to shut down and furlough people and, and not do any uh, other type of, uh, you know, elective surgeries or anything like that so that they didn't get filled up. And so they lost a shit ton of money, but they got money every time they had a COVID patient and a COVID oh, uh, respirator ventilator case. So they got a different set of money in each of those situations. And um, that's not conspiracy theory. That's actual stuff that people have confirmed. Mm -hmm. USA Today confirmed that. Um, but, but that's just crazy. Anyway, we've talked for two hours. Oh, we have. Jeez. Okay, so uh, All right, I got we don't normally talk this long. And I've got a coach uh, in uh, 45 minutes, so... <laughs> But uh, damn it, this might have to be two episodes. Yeah, this Maybe. was good. This was good. Um, I, I will bring a more uh, palatable one next time. And yeah, whatever. No, I'm glad flavorful. I got to taste yeah. it. I'm glad I got to taste your burnt. Uh, I can. Kernels. I could definitely leave this here, and we'll. Uh, I the the take, next take bottle will, next bottle will be fancier for sure. No, I just, no, I'm glad I got to taste it. I like trying the new things, but that doesn't mean I'm going to like it. That's I thought this all. was. I thought this Chattanooga one was really interesting. Yeah, I, I, I liked I really it. Enjoyed it. So I'm going to probably go through this bottle quickly and then save really? the second one for the fall. Yeah. I want to see how it is in the winter time. Well, I've got a second bottle. I'm undecided. I've got a second bottle. So we do buy, or what do we do? We do hunt, shelf, or pass. What do you guys think of this? I'll I'll, I'll go pass. You'll go you, pass. You'll go I'll pass. Go pass. Okay, completely so pass. I'm really. Yeah. I'm interested enough. Well, I wouldn't I would, buy it. Okay. So if you saw it on the shelf, you're how not much? Buy it. How much? Would, what's the price point on this? It's I think it was sixty. Sixty yeah. might be a little too out of my range, but then again, I have a different budget here. So, but I, I would shelve, I would shelve this. This would be something that I could enjoy in the winter time or the or the late fall. I think yeah. it'd be great. I, I definitely, I don't know that I would hunt for this yet, but I do, I did like it. I buy it on the shelf, and it, it makes me want to buy more Chattanooga whiskey stuff mm -hmm. to see what they're all yeah. about. I wonder the rye percentage on there. Yeah, I don't uh, think they post it, but it yeah. is, it is rye is the second listed grain. Yeah. So it's got it, and it's got to be the second highest percentage. Yeah. I think when we were talking, I was a big fan of the Traverse City that you guys had talked about. Yeah, I love Traverse City. That was yeah. that was fantastic. Yeah. I might get another bottle of that. I I recently did a small run trying to pick up some budget bottles. I got an I it was I'll have to send pictures of it, but it's like an IW Harper and then Old Granddad. Which so IW Harper? I will. I, I'll, I'll get a picture to you, but um, I was interested. It was it was affordable, and he I likes, was like, "Well, it's probably not the fifteen year then." That it's, you probably, it's probably not the fifteen year. The fifteen year. If you ever come across the fifteen year, get it. Okay, so let's. I mean, those are things that I'm definitely down to to, to try yeah. always and and to see how yeah. and, and see how those react. But yeah, Traverse City. I also like Middle West. Middle West is local to here. I, I enjoyed Middle West when we had it. it. That yeah. was actually pretty good. That's pretty good. So pretty good. Uh, surprisingly, because a lot of the Ohio bourbons just aren't doing it. You're talking. Yet. You're saying Cleveland Distillery doesn't cut it, or is that? I've had some Cleveland stuff that I did not like. <laughs> I'll say that. And I've had some Cleveland stuff I did like. I, the, the Western Reserve, I enjoyed. Western Reserve, okay. So I, I, I know um, in the the holiday challenge we. Oh, we, had a, we had a we had a rough time with Cleveland Distillery. It was it Cleveland Underground? Is that what it was? I think I think oh, I did not like that, <laughs> but I did like the Middle West Spirits we had at the Arnold. That was really yeah. good. And then you didn't have it, but uh, I just said yeah. I know that's why I'm like you didn't have it. <laughs> um, but that was really good. I enjoyed that. I want to get down there. We keep talking to Sam about trying to get down there and and uh, have them do a podcast with us. 
because I really and I I don't mind going down there because I enjoyed their stuff. So, all right, Sweet. guys. So we're at two hours. This is gonna yeah. be a fun one to edit and get out by tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I might have to edit out some things. We'll see uh, how offensive it is as I'm listening yeah, to it from a third party perspective. I thought we stayed pretty pretty calm and collected. Yeah. I, I thought we were pretty baseline. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. For pretty the good. most part, I I, I might have been the only one who wasn't. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening in. Uh, give us a review on uh, inst- on not Instagram, but uh, I guess you could give us a review on Instagram. But give us a review on any of the places you listen to our podcast. And uh, thanks again for listening. I'm Dude Pool, and I'm joined by Tyler Schaefer and Mark Son. Thanks right, for having guys. me on. Thanks a lot, guys. I'm glad to have you. Thank you for joining in for another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review at any of the sites where you're listening to the podcast. Also, find us on Instagram and Facebook.